Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh, smile like you can kick your face off. I'm done with that. You got me mad now. You know you got a bad tickle. Feeling good. All the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of energy again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I love purple. I was like, yes, <laughs> like this guy's awesome. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Are you humanoids? Get ready. I don't know where the kid is that was a ride list, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Christian's a man! Oh! And I have passed the brain to see But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you I know my wrestling. Nick, he, don't know, he don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling. Like he know that wrestling, boy. <laughs> he was about to hop over the table. What? <laughs> you are empty, break your heart. What a beast. Fuck. Boom. No sleep, no food. No nothing. Just maniacism. You got the water, man. Give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 363 of The Straight Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Warren Johnson of the Philadelphia Inquirer and of USA Today via Wrestling Junkie. More on that in a second. But also, I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacona, Fox, PHL, the gambler, and Philly influencer, and we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us. Here on episode 363, it is a deep dive. It is a Patreon request. Yeah, we've watched Backlash from 2023 already. But we, you know, we still got to get to this Patreon request, y'all. So we still got to do Backlash 2003 from 20 years ago. April 27th, 2003 to be exact. Uh, Of course, this is the in-ring debut in WWE for that matter of Bill Goldberg. And he's in the main event against The Rock. We're going to talk all about it. But before we get into the show... I gotta do my weekly check on my main man pots and pans. Nick, how are you doing on this Wednesday evening, my good brother? What a difference four days makes because if we recorded this on Sunday, like we were originally scheduled to do, I would have been in the dumps about the 76ers. Man. Oh, we are one win away of the Eastern Conference Finals. Didn't think we'd be here. Uh,. Even last week, you know, after the game two, I was kind of like, ah, here we go, especially after game three. Oof, Friday night, uh, possibly one of the worst losses in, in recent and modern history of any Philadelphia sports team. Man, um, really? That g- game three? Yeah, it was bad, man. Like, it was M- bad. I'm MVP not trophy, and they come yeah. out like that. It's like, oh, I was, come on. I was you know, I don't know if it's fortunate enough to be there, but Ooh. I was there, you know, <laughs> representing the Inquirer, uh, working, trying to do some social media stuff. And, yeah, it was a rough one, that yeah. game three. Yeah, and I was like, man, I don't know if they're going to win another game in this series. Right. And then now they've won the next two, including right. one in Boston, and they got a chance to close it out here in Philly. Uh, what would that be? Thursday night uh, hey. here in Philly. So we'll see. Uh, we will. Celtics that came back from a 3 2 deficit yeah. last year in the second round to Milwaukee. So it's becoming this deficit. Yes. And uh, I'm very. Uh, I might not watch it. <laughs> Who knows? I, <laughs> I, I, will, I will be completely honest with you. I, I did not watch until the very end of game five because 
I didn't want to be hurt. And it could be stressful, man. I'm with you. And I was like, listen, I, I, I've DVR every game and I go back and watch every game. So I was like, it's a Tuesday night, middle of the work week. You know, I'm stressed out already. So I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. You know, Thursday, maybe if it was on a Thursday, maybe I would have felt differently because, you know, the weekend's close. Um, but a Tuesday night, you know, I'll, I'll go watch NXT. Oh and my I'll, god. And I'll watch no, the Phillies. We can't we can't and watch NXT over the Sixers. I, I I forget like I get notifications on my phone about every Philly team, so I got like a notification, Sixers leading. And it's like, oh crap. Like I try not to see anything. I didn't even go on Twitter because I just wanted to see l- listen, like I wanted to first of all, I wanted to see if I could do it. And I, I think I did a pretty good job. I did check in uh you know, I got the alert. So, you know, it was like halftime or something. The Sixers were up. And then I did go on the score app to uh, check the score. I think it was towards the end of the third quarter. Uh, the Sixers were, you know, up by 9 or 10 at that point. And, put you know, put the phone down. Didn't even turn it on. I, there was one time I did turn on uh, the channel, and it was at a commercial. So I was like, oh, cool. So I just turned back, you know, like I – I didn't want to be hurt. And then the Sixers played their best game in the playoffs. So, Man, listen, game six. They were hitting I might, all I might, the right buttons. Yeah, I might five. have to do it again for game six. You know, like, I, you I'll, might, be, yeah, there, you I'll be there for it. the radio. I'll be there for the radio. I'll be there for, you know, it's all my DVR. But in the moment, I might just have to take one for the team. Yeah, you might have to, bro. It's game six. I, they gotta okay close this out, that. and I'm okay with that. <laughs> they gotta if close they this win, out. I will do anything. Well, <laughs> uh, maybe strike that from the tape. But I will do. I will do what is Not uh, quite anything. <laughs> I'll do whatever uh, is logical to uh, allow the Sixers <laughs> to win. <laughs> if it means you know, blacking out the game, you know, per, a personal blackout. Uh, so you know, we'll we'll see how I feel tomorrow night. Clearly, me not watching isn't why the Sixers dominated Game Five, but uh, you know, in my head, you know, maybe it is. It's crazy the things that sports. I'm fans not superstitious. Do. I'm just a little stitious. Just a little stitious. Just a little stitious, as Peyton Manning once said. Uh, but I re I started my rewatch of The Office, by the way, on Peacock, and that's uh, one of my favorite lines of The Office. Just a little stitious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, one went away. I, I just, this is funny how sports fans we do all this stuff to try to <laughs> right. will our teams to win as yeah. if it's on us, exactly. And it's not the onus on is the completely on all. us. We we are the ones shooting the basketball into the net. Just as much <laughs> as you have your ritual or your your, your little stitions. There's a Celtics fan also. They literally like commit like casting spells. Probably like, there's somebody out there like. <laughs> Right now, it's got like, you know, they whipping up a potion to try to will their team to win. <laughs> it's probably happening. You never know, man. It's just it's just wild the things we do. It is. It is. Um, but c- current day nonsense. Well, for one, I got a second job. <laughs> As you may have heard, it's a job job. You know, it's, you know, it's a gig. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's dope. Um, yeah, I am a contributor to USA Today now. Wrestling Junkie it is the wrestling version of MMA Junkie, which is a very popular site. 
uh, and hopefully we can help make Wrestling Junkie uh, get to that level one day. But yeah, it's cool. You know, I got a couple columns out right now uh, on on Wrestling Junkie, so check them out. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. Woo! Wrestling that's Junkie. Funky. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing that's you happening. It's like Virgil's <laughs> advice. <laughs> Virgil is now your mentor. Virgil is your mentor now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, but so that yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm not feeling good about the World Heavyweight Title situation. Oh. I even wrote about it on Wrestling Junkie. So go check it out. But I, I am feeling good about. Our most recent pay-per-view, which is the most recent edition of Backlash, which emanated from San Juan, Puerto Rico, and was headlined by, of course, the one and only Bad Bunny, y'all. With the entrance of a lifetime. That entrance was dope. Did you see that crowd? Dude. Did you see them singing every word of that song? I forgot we were watching Backlash. I thought we were watching WrestleMania. That was incredible. You don't expect that from... Not not even a B level pay per view, but a, the pay per view after WrestleMania, and you get that incredible. There's there's a reason why there's reports already stating that talent wants to make Puerto Rico the permanent home of Backlash. <laughs> I mean, why not at this point? Seriously, that's like that was dope. I mean, obviously you can't just replicate what you got this past week with mm-hmm. Bad Bunny. I mean, he's a you know worldwide. Superstar at the, at the highest of levels. It's not like it doesn't get much more famous than Bad Bunny if it if there's any more fame to gain, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Which was obviously a big deal for WWE. There's no, I don't know how many times in WWE where you know they can get the most famous person in the world on their television. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very, very often. And I know like oh Steve Austin's pretty up there. He wasn't the famous most, most famous person in the world. <laughs> the, the Rock got close, but I don't know if he got that close even in wrestling. But, but what, Mike Tyson would be the other one. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Mr. T. I don't know if he was that recognizable in 85. But Bad Bunny's that recognizable now. And he's hella good at what he does. <laughs> like he's incredible, man. Really good at working a match and selling and doing all the things that need to be done to put on a good match. And, of course, shout out to Damian Priest for also putting on a great match and leading Bad Bunny along. Uh, to having a, a great match and a fun match and the match that should have ended the show, which I still don't know why yeah. they didn't do that. Yeah. I, especially, th- that was about as best an overbooked finish as you can get. <laughs> the best because one since Backlash ev- 2000. Every, everything hit exactly Backlash 2000. Yep. <laughs> and you rarely see an overbooked finish uh, get universal praise. And uh, that, nobody had an issue with anything that happened. Dude, Carlito came out. I was going nuts because the crowd was. They went and banana. I, I couldn't even uh, hear his music. I'm like, who is right, that? Right, exactly. Me too. And I was like, okay, like I see the spotlights in the crowd. And they finally showed, I think, the entrance when, when he was coming out. And I, I saw the hair or whatever. I don't, I don't think they showed his name beforehand. So I think the first thing I remember seeing was him coming out in the hair. I was like, oh, my God, Carlito, Puerto Rico, duh. And just yeah, the, and they went, at, like, man. In, 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 I'm glad I'm the only one that noticed that because it was so loud. I'm like, really who was. is that? It really like, was. Even who, Sabio like, Vega was loud, crazy. but he was he was shown on TV before then. Yeah. So we already knew he was there. So Carlito, I don't think, was shown at all. I mean, no. the way WWE does their 
shows now. There's a lot of commercials because Peacock and Peacock Premium or whatever. So I do check out from time to time. Uh, so there are probably backstage segments I do miss. But, you know, I definitely miss Carlito. If he ever did show up, it, it no, felt he, like he it was, was a surprise. He was and, a surprise. Dude, just incredible. Wearing the LWO shirt, too, like both him and Savio. Like, that's incredible, too. You're getting the LWO over. Uh, it almost seemed like as a joke when Ray, like, brought those shirts out, you know, what, a month <laughs> or two a ago? <laughs> it, and I was just like, oh, that's funny. But now it's like a legit thing. And <laughs> I think that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Like, they got to win just, some matches, though. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, like everything about that finish, though, man. You, you, how It, it is kind of crazy it wasn't the main event, uh, like it's the so last crazy. match to go on, because uh, you don't get better than that. And Bad Bunny was the reason why everybody was there. Right. And you don't have a title match on this show, like a world title match. So it's not like, oh, we want the world title to be the main event. I could sort of see that. But as we were talking about on Backlash 2003, that doesn't always have to be the case. If you have a bigger match, there are times where you make the you know exception to the rule. Rock being Rock versus Cena and, and WrestleMania 28 was the exception to the rule. Put that last. That's what everybody came to see. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> Let's not lie to ourselves. Yep. We know everybody named Mama in that building, especially <laughs> in that building, especially they came to see Bad Bunny, and they came to see Bad Bunny win. Okay, I know. I think somebody said, "Well, we might have him lose." You're not trying to get that type of heat oh in Puerto gosh. Rico. You're trying to get home. All right, yeah. so don't do that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we got to go home, y'all. <laughs> so we can't beat Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico. That's you talk about nuclear. What? <laughs> you could beat Steve Austin in Texas ten times, and it wouldn't be nearly that yeah. type of heat. But yeah, right. But the point is, he's the reason why everybody came. And he's also, by the way, the biggest star in the world. So, like, it's not like you know who follows Bad Bunny? Nobody. <laughs> like, on a night-to-night basis, no one. Okay? So, what in the world are we doing, WWE? Y'all, 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 couldn't, y'all didn't see that coming? Y'all thought that y'all could pull that off and it would be okay? And the ending of your show would be, oh, it's, it's fine if we just see Bloody Brock and Cody run off. That's that's better yeah, than Bad Bunny. Especially that ending. You know, if you were going to do that ending, that's of Cody and Brock. It's like, uh, The weird, good brother Tommy Rowan hit, hit me up. He's like, oh, I got to watch Backlash. And I'm like, bro, you pretty much can turn it off after the Bad Bunny match. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can turn it off after that. Nothing else, of, uh, nothing else of consequence happened really after. I mean, I'm sure I know the Cody-Brock thing happened, and they're going to have a rematch at some point. Yada, 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 we know. But the Bad Bunny stuff was special. That was a moment. You know what I'm saying? That's something you'll yeah. never forget. Right. You know, and, and, and the annals of wrestling history, Puerto Rican wrestling history. Uh, and, of course, just, I mean, damn, it was like a night for Puerto Rican to just have their night. Let them have their night in the main yeah. event. <laughs> like, yeah. Go off the air where yeah. the whole building rocking like that. That's how you want to go off the air. Just going crazy. That was dope. Miss Ray Mysterio's in the ring. Salvio Vega, yeah. Carlito, yeah. like, and Bad Bunny. <laughs> Come on, man. Like. It couldn't possibly have gotten better than that. It was a party. The moment Bad Bunny came out, the place was rocking. Man, that was dope. That was so dope. His entrance is so dope. I'm sorry. Like yeah, it was. And- everybody knew every single word, and they shot it with the drone cam. And they because yeah. it didn't have a big old stage. He's like walking out amongst the yeah, people. Yeah, that was part of the smaller it too. stage. I love the aesthetic of of that as well. I honestly do too. I'd prefer that honestly over the bigger stages. I think. I think we can save the bigger stages for WrestleMania. And mm-hmm. I'll I'll let you maybe get SummerSlam, 
But for the, like, and I know Raw and SmackDown have them, and that's just what it is, I guess. Okay, fine. But like, for other pay per views, go with that aesthetic, man. In in an arena. Yeah, it, it, look, it makes it look bigger. I think. Right. I, I feel because you actually fill up the seats. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, I I I guess I understand at this point why they do the stages, but. Uh, you know, on TV, I just think that the full arena and you have like a small entrance, that is I mean, look, a better aesthetic. But when you have, I will say this, when you have a bigger stage, that means there's less tickets to sell. So <laughs> it's easier to fill up Correct. on a week-to-week basis, I guess. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're not selling, you know, typically. And rest, the WrestleMania stage is one of the best ever. So like. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but like, I'm talking about for like a Raw or a SmackDown. You right. may not sell out every Raw or SmackDown. So, you know. He, wherever, but you, you, they all knew they were going to sell every seat available for Backlash. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever seats they made available, they were going to get snatched. Because it was like a f- Bad Bunny concert. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that don't happen all that often. Like, you don't get to see that. That's a, you know, maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So, yeah, Backlash was fun. The other matches were really good, too. I thought the uh, the opener was really good with uh, Bianca and Eel Sky. Yeah. Got a standing um, ovation backstage, apparently. They deserved it. Yeah, they deserved it. Uh, and and I think Eos Guy came out uh, on the, like you know elevated because of it, yeah. even in defeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the the moment with Selena Vega was just, I mean, very touching. Obviously, mm-hmm. in, in in Puerto Rico and dedicating the match to her dad. She came up short, and we probably all knew that she would. She wasn't going to beat Ray Ripley, but you know this wasn't about that. You know this is bigger than just an outcome mm-hmm. of a match. You know mm-hmm. in reality, you know this was a moment for Zelina and her family and, and so that was that was really that was really nice that was really you gotta kind of get out of the wrestling bubble to understand that because right you, I mean when I you're know in the like, wrestling well, bubble win. you're like wins and losses are the only thing that matter but to Zelina um probably meant everything in the world to her so oh yeah it looked like it she was crying before the absolutely, match absolutely absolutely <laughs> so uh yeah I mean I understand like I'm on board with you as well. Wins and losses do matter, but in this particular instance we can make again exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. Who cares about the outcome? She's only probably in the match because it was in Puerto Rico. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a moment for her. She don't get pay-per-view championship matches that often. So soak it in. Exactly. You know, that's something that she'll always have for the rest of her life. That's, you know, that goes a lot further than a, a dub in this instance. Uh, but, yeah, Backlash was fun. We'll see what happens with this world title tournament nonsense. That is genuine current day nonsense. I just can't get. I like the it. setup they did, the triple threats and and stuff. But to have SmackDown involved is just kind of weird. But it's kind of weird. We're gonna we're gonna, we might have a banger with Edge, Mysterio, and AJ Styles. I mean, I mean, like, yeah. Don't, look, don't get me wrong. And I and I wrote this on Wrestling Junkie. Uh, everybody in this tournament can go. I'm looking forward to watching everybody, and. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the triple threat f- format. I feel like that's just a weird wrestling thing. Doesn't make little sense to me as far as a tournament. But whatever, we're here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm behind everybody in this tournament. Every, I'm, I can't wait to see AJ Styles back. You know, I'm looking forward to it. However, the they're way. all fighting for second place, bro. We know yeah, that. Yeah, AJ being back. Uh, like, has there been a less exciting like moment of like a return of? a star like AJ. Like, it was just kind of like he came back and everyone's like, hey, what's up, AJ? <laughs> like, no pomp and circumstance, no no big moment. Just like, AJ's back. Yeah, I feel like, like oh, he should. Okay. Like former that. multiple-time champion and cover of the video game. Probably yeah. should get a big return, but... I think... 
You know, we get Seth well, versus AJ. That'd be interesting. Hmm. I guess. I mean, I guess he'll go up to get, maybe go against a heel, right? Eh. I don't know I what to do, but I don't know. I'm forget who's in the other match. I know it's our uh, Austin, Austin Theory. Theory, Lashley, and Sheamus. I think. Yes, you're correct. So. That'll hmm. be good. Uh, Austin will get the cheap win. It's a lot sure. of baby faces. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they better put it on a baby face when you've had Roman the champ for three well, years. Well, yeah, it's going to be a baby face for and sure. Like, Big E was re- your last true baby face champ. Like Brock, I don't really count because yeah. Brock doesn't count. <laughs> and I'll tell <laughs> right. him that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would. I got you. But Big E, I think, is like the last true baby face champ. So they desperately need a baby face to ha- hold this title and to feel important um, and go from there. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Are you ready to dive deep into backlash from 20 years ago? Oh, hell. Rock is the great one. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. The Rock has done it all. Bill Goldberg has done nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you ain't done nothing. Man, The Rock was hilarious at this time. It really was. <laughs> but Backlash em- took place on April 27th, 2003. It emanated Worcester. It's Worcester, Massachusetts, right? Worcester, yeah. not Worcester. Yeah. <laughs> Worcester Centrum. That's what the building was called back then. It is now known as the DCU Center in Worcester, Massachusetts. According to good old Wikipedia, there were 10,000 people. Right? That was, that was, that's near the... Uh... Scene of Game Five from last night. Oh boy! <laughs> gonna rub it in, huh? That's right. Rub I'm gonna rub it in, and I'm gonna run away and not watch Game Six. <laughs> 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 not gonna face that. Toss a grenade music. into it and just go go dark. <laughs> Damn. Well, there were ten thousand people in attendance on this night and backlash two thousand three. Ten thousand exactly. Ten thousand on the nose. <laughs> Right, not a not a person more, not a person less. Uh, this building, though, in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, has hosted a lot of wrestling events in the past. Uh, is kind of historic, uh, honestly. When you think about it, it is the site of where Mick Foley won the WWF title from The Rock for the first time. Oh wow! Won it in Worcester, they did Massachusetts. It in Wor- Worcester, huh? Yeah, Worcester. It Probably is also a lot of WCW events there too. Yeah, that, there was this, uh, the Slamboree 1998 was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. we, should, we should deep dive into that. I think we have already. I, I don't think we did 98. 
We didn't? You sure? We definitely did 97. I'll go back and check. Next week, we're going we're gonna to upload a bunch of classic apps. So I'll, you know, if we did, maybe I'll upload it. But I enjoyed the, the WCW had like these uh, certain arenas they would go to like all the time where you would hear it like three or four times a year, <laughs> whether it's a pay-per-view <laughs> or TV. And uh, Worcester. Uh, I think it was one Wooster. Of them. It's actually Wooster. I just looked it Wooster. up. It's Wooster. Like Rick Flair? Yeah. Woo? Woo? Like Wooster? W-U. Wooster. Oh. Wooster. Okay. So apologies to uh, our Wooster fans. <laughs> live yeah, there. apologies to our Wooster, Massachusetts fans. We don't want to disparage the name of your good city, uh, which is hosted again a lot of wrestling events, including, again, WCW Slamboree in May of 1998. And wouldn't you know who defended the United States title on that night? A man by the name of Bill Goldberg. Oh. And on this night in 2003, he is, of course, making his WWE in-ring debut. Because he's done nothing. He's done nothing, (laughs) according to The Rock. Who is his partner? Not his partner, his opponent (laughs) on this night. His dance partner in the ring, I guess, so to speak. But his opponent. uh, Of course, he's arguably the biggest star in the entire industry. And he's pretty much here to put Goldberg over before he goes off to make even more movies and become even more famous. As you know today, Dwayne Johnson is arguably the most famous person in the world. Him and Bad Bunny (laughs) together, (laughs) right? But obviously landing Bill Goldberg was a big deal for WWE. Uh, He didn't come to WWE right after WWE. He didn't come there after WCW closed his doors. Uh, he waited. He sat out and waited out the ex- duration of his contract, like many other big stars. Uh, but he, the time was up, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to come back. And 2003 was the time, and it seemed like, you know, WWE was just, you know, adding more weapons to the war chest. <laughs> like, yeah. the depth, they, they added to it even more. The rich get richer. The roster gets even deeper. However, in hindsight... This one didn't quite go that well. Mm, it didn't no. go as well as you, you would have thought. Right? You would have thought it would have been a license to print money. You know? I mean, he they was, gave him the big gold belt. Right. <laughs> but there were a variety of reasons why it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they necessarily booked him 100% the way he, I guess, was. Not when Triple H 2003, 2004 was your... Uh, <laughs> biggest opponent yeah because i was gonna say we're not going to get one over on him for an extended period of time like the rock did everything he could we'll talk about it the rock did everything he could but after that he looked very much human (laughs) which i think obviously you know if he's going to be there long term wwe's like well he's going to have to lose at some point right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a lure at this point at least even now is that he's basically unstoppable. So, yeah. <laughs> like, even at, like, 58 years old or wherever he is, I can look it up to be, you know, exact, but even as an old man, pretty much, his gimmick is that he kills everybody within <laughs> seconds. <laughs> like, so, 56 years old. I ain't mean to date you, Bill. My bad. <laughs> I ain't mean to add two more years to you. But even at 56, he's that's pretty much his thing. 
And that wasn't really going to work if he's going to be on TV every single week in WWE. I don't think. It works today more than it did back then, honestly. His most recent one at WWE from 2016 to now, even though it's had his share of hiccups, don't get me wrong. But it started off pretty good. I think it was more impactful than his run from 03 to 04, that's for sure. That would, that would rhyme. I didn't mean that would rhyme sometimes. But, I mean, would you agree with that or you disagree? Yeah, I agree because, uh, you know, he was brought in because basically he was a 2K character. And yep. uh, that basically started the ball rolling. Uh, Lesnar, you know, and Heyman challenged him and he, can't, he comes in to Survivor Series and everyone's like, oh, this will be interesting. And he squashes Lesnar. And that's when you're like, hmm. I think the next day, or maybe even right after Survivor Series went off the air, <laughs> there were reports that he had signed a six-month contract or something like that. So there was going to be yeah, more, they made some money at that and, Survivor uh, Series. Yeah, so uh, you know nobody saw it coming, which I think added to his run starting in 2016, and I think his run with Lesnar, you know, eliminating him from Royal Rumble. So he was, you know, two things up on him, and then Lesnar getting. Uh, winning the Universal title and then Lesnar beating him. Was, was that the Universal? Yeah, that was the Universal title. Yeah, that was Universal. And, like, so I, that's I, one Kevin good, Owens had. It was good pro wrestling, storytelling. You know, like, regardless of the age, it was like Goldberg and Lesnar basically doing what uh, they couldn't do in 2004. And yeah. uh, I thought that was and awesome. And their WrestleMania match was dope. Yeah. The uh, WrestleMania think, match was the match we wanted back in 2004. Exactly. I think it was like 13 minutes, but it, like, fast-paced, you know, never slowed down, like... Yeah. I mean, 13 minutes is probably all both of them could do, but they made it worth it. You know, they made the most of it. And, uh, but yeah, af- after that, it's kind of where you get in the territory of like, uh, like what are we doing? Kind of, but that doesn't really take <laughs> yeah. away from well, he's, he's the beating Dolph Ziggler on <laughs> He's beating Dolph Ziggler on SummerSlam. And it's like, what is yeah, this? Yeah. What are we getting the at here? Undertaker match. It's like, uh, yeah, not, not Ooh. hitting the spot, but you know. Him coming back at 2016. Beating yeah, the Fiend absolutely. in 2020. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So I, I do agree that the 2016 run uh, coming back was definitely uh, the highlight of his WWE career. For sure. I remember, it's funny we mentioned the Fiend in 2020. I remember did a podcast pre-pandemic. I'll never forget. And we sat there we was like, don't have Goldberg beat the Fiend. <laughs> yeah. If you have Goldberg beat the Fiend, it's done. <laughs> it's over. And look where we are. <laughs> look where we are. Recover. The Fiend has not been seen, I don't think, on television. Like, has he showed up since Bray Wyatt's return? He might have. No, he did at Royal Rumble, right? In the Lights Out match, right? Uh, Was, wasn't that yeah, The Fiend? I, I, well, kind uh, of. I think the last time we saw him was at WrestleMania in oh, well. Tampa. Against Randy, because remember Randy set him on fire. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he came back in that burn, you know, costume or whatever. Look here, and that was like the last fiend, fiend. I think, I think that's fair. Know, we saw so so all downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> like we said, he got set on fire by the end of the year. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Well, I mean, sorta. He's a dummy, but well, that was terrible. What a time! What a time that was. I don't um, think that I wasn't. I, I don't think that was terrible. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so bad, it was so bad. Um, but yeah, that's you know, we talked a lot about Goldberg and Wooster, Massachusetts, and The Rock, and of course how big of a deal it was for Goldberg to be in WWE. But again, 
while that is the main event, there's another interesting match on this card. Hmm. It is for the WWE Championship. Oh. It is Brock Lesnar defending against John Cena. I know. Now, around this time, nine years later, John Cena would welcome back Brock Lesnar to the WWE by beating him. Uh, Lesnar returned the favor and crushed John Cena at SummerSlam, which was a classic match. Uh, but, but at this time, uh, you know, at that time, at least in 2014, John Cena was already a made man, and Lesnar was well past being a full-time performer by that point. But back to Lesnar was being cemented as WWE's new top star. He'd even graced a cover of 2003's SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, which is arguably the best, best wrestling video game of all time. It's my personal favorite. I played that game a lot back in the day. As for Cena, he's not a made man by any means in 2003. He's just kind of getting his own spotlight. He's still an up-and-comer. He's getting a rub by getting a title match in the pay-per-view. <laughs> Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Cena's like here getting the rub, trying to put the kid over. <laughs> That's where we are now at Cena, right? He almost fell out of place in the main event at this point. It's almost like, what, John Cena? Why? <laughs> yeah. It's still, yeah? you know, a heel. Um, and after, you know, a month after WrestleMania 19, and it's like Brock, you know, you go Lesnar versus Angle, and Lesnar winning the title back, and then John Cena. You like, go to John in Cena? The, in the main event? Really? <laughs> in the main event of back? What? <laughs> and like, as you pointed out, he didn't even have a match at WrestleMania. Right. And Cena was supposed to have some other plans, though. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, he was supposed to have a rap battle at WrestleMania. I vaguely remember this. Against Jay-Z. <laughs> what happened, Jay-Z? No showed? Jay-Z backed out because mm. there was absolutely nothing to gain. Right. <laughs> and Fabulous was supposed to be up next. Mm. But he also backed out because, again, there was nothing to gain. Definitely not okay. in 03. I wonder if they would do it now. There's yeah, still nothing Bad to Bunny gain. Seeing, you know, these other, like Logan Paul come in. Like, I wonder if they would Snoop Dogg, you know, WrestleMania winning a match. <laughs> no. With a people's elbow. Jay-Z's a billionaire now. <laughs> he just so buy WWE. Fun. You know, Bad Bunny does it for fun. Would Jay-Z do it for fun? Who knows? No, nah, he'd just buy it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather him buy it than Endeavor. But, too late now <laughs> but instead of Jay-Z and Fab he was Cena was relegated to having a rap battle against cardboard cutouts of Jay-Z and Fab on Sunday Night Heat oh jeez so he didn't even appear on Wrestlemania proper he appeared on a pre-show and I guess WWE had some plans for him because they're trying to put him in a rap battle on Wrestlemania against two of the best rappers in the world at the time but none of that materialized, at least not just yet. And the, the sound of the police, that's the cops. Oh, <laughs> okay. They're coming for Cena. <laughs> yeah, to arrest him for that trash rap battle <laughs> at WrestleMania. But also, let's be real. Cena battling Jay-Z or Fab, either one, would have gone very poorly for John Cena. They would have wiped the floor at that man. They would have annihilated him. <laughs> it probably could have killed his career how bad they could have beat him. Mm-hmm. 
It would have been bad. It would, this would not have been. I know some wrestling fans are listening. Like, well, Bo Dallas beat Flo Rida, right? <laughs> First off, no, that's not the same. Two, Flo Rida is not Jay Z and Fabulous. They're two of the best lyricists ever. So, especially Jay Z at this point, who had Blueprint, Blueprint Two out, and then later in two thousand three, Blue the Black album was coming out. He was on a run. So he didn't want to rap battle with John Cena? Because he would have killed that man's career. There would have been nothing left of John Cena after that. John Cena would have done nothing. He would have done nothing. You would have had no, no, none of this stuff. No, uh, what's the TV show he's done? Uh, Peacemaker? None of that. Oh, out. Yeah. None of these commercials he's doing the no voiceovers fa- for. None of that. Nope. <laughs> Who did uh, none of the movies he didn't done? None of them. Out. Done. Okay, there would have been a John Cena hustle, Lord to respect. What's that? <laughs> would have known nothing of that. Would have would ne- never had a spinner belt. You know, uh, and CM Punk never would have worn it. Triple H never would have worn it. Edge never would have worn it. <laughs> Randy Orton. So I mean, that's right. He did wear that. So. He did all a whole bunch I of can't people. Believe did. they kept it. Uh, Ray Mysterio, The Miz. That's literally the same thing as those guys wearing the smoking skull belt. (laughs) Like, well, what are we doing here? (laughs) So yeah, so bad about that. (laughs) Jay Z and Fabulous battling John Cena would have been sad to watch, honestly. (laughs) Okay, it would have been sad. Uh, But yeah, Cena again. He was sort of figured in, but not really. Like that didn't happen until 2004. So he just right. out of nowhere is in the main event after you know winning a tournament to get here, but still kind of out of nowhere. So, uh, but as we mentioned earlier, this is a Patreon request. And before we get into our deep dive, we got to kick it over to our patron this week, Chris Johnson, the good brother Chris, here to give his thoughts on the show for Backlash 2003. Take it away, Chris. What's up, Straight Shooters? Chris Johnson back again, giving you my thoughts on Backlash 2003. Uh, I was 17 years old at the time this show happened, finishing up by getting close to the end of my junior year in high school. Um, I did not watch this pay-per-view live, but I did get the DVD a month later. Uh, On to my likes and dislikes for the show. The stage for uh, the show, it was a meh. It wasn't really great. First match of the show that I did not like was Sean O'Hare versus Rikishi. I don't even remember this happening back in 2003. So I watched it and I'm like, yeah, all right, that happened. Next match that I that wasn't really a huge fan of was the Big Show and Rey Mysterio. It wasn't long. It was David versus Goliath type thing. It was a pretty much a glorified squash. A uh, Big Show won, swinging Mysterio on the backboard into the post was a moment that I remember, but the match wasn't really much of anything. The opening match with Team Angle and the Guerreros for the WWE Tag Titles was a really, really good opener with Team Angle winning. The World Tag Team title match was okay between RVD and Kane and the Dudleys with Chief Morley being involved as the guest referee. Jazz and Trish Stratus for the women's title I thought was a pretty good match. I didn't even remember this match from back then, but I thought this match, watching it back, it was better than I remembered. Um, the six-man tag, Booker T, Kevin Nash, HBK against Jericho, Flair, and Triple H. The heels ended up winning. Uh, lots of action, lots of chaos in the match. Thought it was pretty good. 
You had Brock Lesnar and Cena for the WWE title. Cena coming out in the Yankees jersey in his home state was a nice touch with him being the heel. Lesnar retaining with the F5. I thought the match was really, really good. One of the unheralded matches from 2003. I thought it was a really, really good title match. And, of course, what everybody came here for, the main event between The Rock and Goldberg. Goldberg getting a win in his first WWE match. I thought the match was pretty good. Another thing I really, really enjoyed about the show was the moving graphics of the wrestlers that were being displayed before the matches of the video package. I've really missed those. I wish they would bring those back. Overall, I thought Backlash was um, not a whole lot of low spots. A lot, a couple of okay spot matches, and then the more. I think there was a lot more good than bad in the show. Straight Shooters, I appreciate you guys allowing me to be on the greatest wrestling podcast out today once again. Keep doing your thing up in Philly. Hold it down. Catch you guys soon. Peace. Thanks again, Chris, for your patronage. Greatly appreciate it. Always appreciate the love. And you brought up a good point about the motion graphics. I didn't even think about that until you said it. But I kind of like those too. And you know, I guess they don't really do them that much anymore. I guess I just don't pay attention to them no, as much they as go, I used to. They go nuts when uh, our friend, our Philly friend, Jeff McDev, who works uh, WWE Social, uh, I believe he kind of brought them back as these social media videos and people go nuts for him, you know? <laughs> and I'm the same way. I didn't pay a lick of attention to them back then in like 02, 03, 04, uh, whenever they started. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, they're just not doing stills anymore. Um, but people apparently love that. I, I don't understand the love for it. I, don't I really don't. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just nostalgic because – but how? I remember what's nostalgic about it? They would do, you know, little things, little animation, then you just see the still graphic, but then they upgraded like an O2, I think it was when like when they did the brand extension and they redesigned all the graphics for each show. And that's when they brought the motion graphics, especially to Raw. And I think they did it for SmackDown too. Um but Yeah, they did like the facts on the side for SmackDown. Yeah, like, yeah. Instead of the Chiron like at the bottom of the screen, it'd be on the side of the Which screen. Which I liked. I did too. And I think they still do in WWE television in general, but I think I liked it better when it was one show that did it over the other. Yeah. Uh, instead of the other. Just differentiate them a little bit exactly. more than just red and blue. That's what uh, I like. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't even, like, I didn't, I don't like, I didn't love them enough to see them today and be like, whoa, the motion graphics are back, like I, like other yeah. people are. Like I, like, I dig them. But I just, I don't know, I just... Roll, I guess I just roll with the punches, man. <laughs> I don't really have yeah, a particular I mean, favorite in that. Like, There's more than one way to do it. It's not like there has to yeah. be that style. There's other ways to do this. So that's maybe that's why I'm at. I'm just open to creativity in that realm more so than, I guess, other areas. But yeah, I know I you mean, had thoughts on it. It's not, to me, the nostalgicness of it. I don't. It's like oh two oh three. Can something be nostalgic? I guess yeah. Twenty years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, man, like, it's twenty years ago, bro. That's nostalgia. True. But I, because I started watching nineteen ninety, I guess I'm just in a different stratosphere. Right, that's your nostalgia, st- exactly. Your nostalgia is LifeWire and yes, uh, prime time, yeah. <laughs> prime time wrestling. Oh man, that was great. That, <laughs> See, that's Mr. Your nostalgia. Perfect, you know, face turn. Superstars. Yeah, superstar. That, yeah. The syndications what carried me. <laughs> <laughs> right, but to some kids, nostalgia for them is like velocity. <laughs> some people were like, "Velocity was a good show." I enjoyed. Or like the uh, the pre shows, the Mountain Dew pre shows from like 2015 or something like yeah. that. That might be nostalgic to some people now or something. Yeah, that's true because they don't do you know pre show matches anymore. Now people are pissed about that. It's like you can't make people happy. 
you can't make everyone happy. But you, you don't. You, if you have a kickoff match, relegated to the pre-show. If you're if you got a pre-show match, people are pissed at the match. Uh, if you don't have anything, it's like, well, what the <laughs> hell you got a pre-show for? It's like, shut <laughs> up. Like you don't really have to have a strong opinion about everything. Shut up. So so stupid. you kind of you kind of been touching on this already. But where were you in life? In April of 2003. Oh, 2003. I was getting ready to graduate high school. Um, did not watch the show live. I did not care that Goldberg was coming in. Um, the WWE. The, I didn't like the brand split at first, actually. I don't know if I mentioned really? that before. Um, I thought it was stupid. I, Whoa. I, because coming in first, I was already like kind of losing my interest in wrestling. You know, when, when the invasion just didn't hit. And I was kind of like, ugh, bummed out. And then the day after Survivor Series, Vincent Man was back being a heel. Kurt Angle was back being a heel. It's like, oh, my God, they're literally just doing whatever the hell they want. And I kind of got annoyed by that, um, knowing, you know, what's what's going on behind the scenes and stuff like that. You know, I, I've had had the Internet um, senior in high school, so I'm, I'm just kind of keeping track of everything. And I'm just not interested in, in a lot of it. So, you know, I had my senior trip. Uh, the week before WrestleMania 19, uh, went to Disney World, had like just a fantastic time. I, I, I still remember like it was yesterday, man. It's one of the funnest time, funnest weeks of my life. And coming back home, I think it was a Saturday night, uh, and WrestleMania was the next you know night Sunday, and I, I believe my mom ordered it because she was still kind of like asking me if I wanted certain pay per views or like I would ask her like, hey, can you order this? Or, it wasn't every single one. And I don't remember watching Backlash 03 live. So I, I don't think that was like I ordered it or I asked for it to be ordered because, you know, WrestleMania had happened and I just kind of didn't care. Um, it really wasn't until I started college in, in the fall that everyone, you know, a lot of my close friends went off to college and I stayed home, went to community college for a couple of years. So, you know, I was home, I was a commuter. Um, so I just kind of stayed home and, and I would watch wrestling, you know, more than I had, I guess at this time. So I got back into it around survivor series is when I was like fully back into it. Survivor series. Oh three. You had the Austin versus team Bischoff and Austin needing to, you know, retire and all that stuff. So that kind of brought me back a little bit. And then I kind of was in once the build-up to WrestleMania 20 started. So this time frame, I'm just kind of like wrestling's stupid. <laughs> you know, like Goldberg, I had no interest in watching him. Uh, even in WWE, I was like, okay, wow, come back right after WrestleMania. Not even thinking, you know, I'm a senior in high school, not even thinking it's clearly like the kickoff of their new year, basically. You know, like WrestleMania is the blow off, and then the day after is when they start their new year. And Goldberg coming in, I was like, why couldn't he just be at WrestleMania? <laughs> you know, like those, <laughs> that was my thought process. I was like, it's just so stupid. Like The Rock beat Stone Cold now, and now Goldberg's here. Why couldn't Goldberg and Stone Cold go? You know, like that was my thought process back then. That I was like, you're going to do Goldberg versus The Rock, but not Goldberg versus Austin, not knowing what was going on with Austin behind the scenes. And, the fact that he really did need to, you know, stop wrestling and his neck was in bad shape and he was in the hospital the, like the weekend of WrestleMania 19, like not knowing all that. And I'm just like, it's so stupid. I was like so angry about it. Like stupid, right? Like I, there's no reason for me to be angry about that stuff, but 
uh, <laughs> I was also, you know, senior in high school, just trying to enjoy the last couple months before I graduated, uh, getting hyped up, you know, and that's kind of where I was during this moment. Like I, I did not care. Oh my God, Kevin Nash was here feuding with Triple H. <laughs> I hated it. I just hated it. I was like, what are these guys doing? I, oh my I would never God, fully. Kevin Nash I, is I, here. I, ne- <laughs> I never fully gave it up. But when I saw like Goldberg come in and Kevin Nash is like freedom with Triple H, I just I was like, dude, this sucks. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of where I was. Uh, well, I was graduating from middle school. Uh, every every week, uh, and I, like I said, I was still a fan. I bought the video game later in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was happy to do it. Uh, and, uh, so I don't know if I was like, obviously 2003 is not like my favorite year, but I was very much into it. And again, just being a middle school kid watching wrestling, uh, I think 2003 might be the first year I didn't order a WrestleMania since like 2000. I ordered 01 and 02, but 03 is the first time. And I think, I don't know what happened. I think we had just gotten direct TV and like, uh, I think we just gotten TiVo. Remember TiVo? Yeah, where you can pause the t- yeah. live TV. That was like oh before DVR. <laughs> yeah, I think we switched to DirecTV, and DirecTV had TiVo at that point. Gotcha. Uh, so that was like, yeah, the first DVR or whatever you want to call it. So it was called TiVo. But um, so for the kids out there, you don't remember because <laughs> uh, obviously DVR is like it's like ex- expected. Like <laughs> I got to be able to pause and rewind right. things. Right. Uh, to have things on demand and whenever I do whatever I want, um, and it's funny I tell my daughter, I was like you can't just fast forward through the commercials, you can't just skip the commercials <laughs> on TV, you got to watch them. Um, Get out of here. <laughs> being able to like pause a baseball game was like fascinating. Yes. So that was probably blowing my mind at this point was being able to pause and rewind and uh, catch up again and record things and like save it, you know, because forever. This is before Netflix, obviously, and. Uh, stuff like that. You had to rent a rent a movie, buy it, you know, or save it to your DVR. <laughs> and even as like a thirteen year old, I had half baked saved my DVR. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like I don't know why my mom let me do that. But that was me in like thirteen, fourteen years old. Uh, been thirteen, watching half baked, pretending to be a stoner, uh, <laughs> not knowing what the hell I was doing. Um. Thought I knew what I was doing, but not knowing. So, yep, that was time. That was what I was doing uh, back in 2003. Uh, as Chris mentioned, though, as we get to the actual show here, uh, you get our first look at the stage, which was, I guess, an upgrade over previous years. Uh, the hooks are stationary; they're not swinging. Yeah, aren't they? The uh, aren't they kind of reversed too? Yeah, I, I don't know like what they were, they were going for. Yeah, I don't either. It's like they forgot <laughs> what a hook looked like over time. <laughs> Because, you know, over the years, you look at the logo and the, like, the stages over the years, the hooks just look different. And they, yeah. It's like, do y'all know what a hook looks like? <laughs> like Vince being like, we're going to get the hooks right this year, damn it. <laughs> it's like, they just never do. Like the first and we didn't have hooks this year. so <laughs> Right. I, I, I don't know. It was They couldn't bring in the hooks to Puerto Rico. It was not allowed, I guess. Well, they haven't done the hooks in, since know. 2003, I think, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um. <laughs> It's really well, it became the, a Raw exclusive in 04, I think the next year, in 04. So it could have just been like a glorified Raw stage at that point. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but on the call for Raw, as you just mentioned, is Jerry Lawler and Jonathan Coachman. What? the hell is he doing here? Get out of here. Well, in reality, 
uh, Jr. was taking a little break. He needed a little, little bit of time off. But in storyline, he quit before he was fired by Eric Bischoff. <laughs> so I would recommend you get, get fired so you can yeah, collect well, that unemployment like, check. Eric Bischoff fired him first, though. And he's like, you can't fire me. I quit. It's like, no, no, JR, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I guess since he's technically fired, he can get unemployment. <laughs> true, true. But don't quit. Get yeah, fired. Get that like, Oh, what what a show to not have JR there for Goldberg versus The Rock where he could really yeah. hammer home, you know. Goldberg's going to be with us for a year, folks. Like, you got Coachman trying to do that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think Coach was bad. I think him and Lawler, they were a decent pairing. Like, it wasn't like they weren't bad. They were just fine. But, of course, Jim Ross is just a different level. Yeah, like, we talked how, about it on WrestleMania 22 you, yeah, you when Joey Styles called a match. And it's just like, there's a big difference between Joey Styles and JR, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, yeah. It is what it is. I was like, why not? Like, I guess, say, like, obviously, I don't know what's going on in his personal life, but, man, maybe start to. Day after backlash, you know, like take a little break because <laughs> Goldberg and The Rock, and he got Coachman on the commentary. It's like, man, no, you can't, you can't keep kicking that can down the road. There's always gonna be something. This this month is Goldberg and The Rock. Next month is something else, and we got to have you for this. And it's like, all right, nope, I am taking time it was even off. The judgment Day, right? Was the next uh, month? Yeah, so, yeah. That's yeah. it's funny. It's, I used to be able to remember like the months by pay per views. Like yeah, I knew May was that's always kind of what day. I do. Yeah. Uh, October, there's no mercy. <laughs> September, unforgiven. January, War Rumble. Like, I could just <laughs> recite it. I remember that schedule from when I was a kid. August, SummerSlam, right? December, Armageddon. So, like, it's just <laughs> that's something I remembered as a kid. Uh, but the opening match at Backlash, which was in April of 2003, is for the WWE Tag Team Championships, not to be confused with the World Tag Team Championships. Mm. Two different titles, guys. Ah. Two different belts this, this is time. This is my favorite split. You know, the SmackDown had the WWE titles and Raw had the World titles. I like that. I agree. That was nice. It was a nice differentiation yes. between the two. Even though they were both like equal titles, but yes, I agree with that. You have the World title and the World Tag Team title, WWE Championship, WWE Tag Team titles. Uh, I think they they definitely switched them at some point though, because the WWE title got to Raw. Yeah, the stupid draft. And, and the W <laughs> and you know, and, and I'm pretty sure they kept the world titles on Raw, right? The world tag titles, I should say. Uh, I yeah. guess I don't remember. They yep. they did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot, bro. And they unified them in 2009 and broke yeah. them back up, obviously, and they put them back together again. WWE, what are y'all doing? <laughs> what? what? There's a whole, I don't know, have you seen uh, this? I saw this on Facebook a, a couple days ago. Uh, I got an alert and I went on Facebook and uh, on my feed, I'm part of this wrestling group. And JTG made like a, a case that Bret Hart is the longest reigning champion in history because he never technically lost the title. And he went through like all the lineages. It's like even though WWE uh, combined titles and then split them, uh, Bret Hart's still the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> what? <laughs> because he never no technically way. submitted or got pinned, so he never lost in it. In 97? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh so he's been God. champion for over 9,000 days. <laughs> That's not... By the letter of WWE's I'm law, I'm with he him. lost that match. I'm with him. The bell I agree rang. With, I stand with JTJ. No, the be- look, I understand what he's saying. 
And yeah, no matter the lineage, the, the lineage that exists today at the WWE Championship, so yes. But they screwed him over. They wanted him to lose. He lost the match. The, be- the bell rang <laughs> like, in the middle of a match. The match is technically the, still not over. No, the bell rang. <laughs> And then they said Bret Hart lost. That's why Bret Hart knew he got screwed over. Because <laughs> they said, and you're so, Oh, by the I way, mean, I was thinking about this the other day. We should di- dive deep into Wrestling with Shadows. That's on 2B or 2B, however you pronounce it. That's actually streaming on that 2B. Yeah. Or not 2B? I don't know. Sure. But it's available. So I would love to dive into that. 100%. When did that come out? 97 or 98 because uh I'm assuming 98 but i remember watching it on tv like i actually taped it on vhs and uh then i wound up December buying the dvd 98. you know years later oh we're gonna 100 percent watch this that's a, that's it. a for show it. right on <laughs> <laughs> that's a for show right on because that's an interesting documentary uh when you see the footage of like Triple H and Shawn Michaels walking back. And Shawn Michaels, I swear to God, I had nothing right. to do with right. it. Right, they're in the locker room, and you see Vince hobbling away after Brett punches him. You don't, you don't see the punch. <laughs> you don't see the got, punch, unfortunately, but you see dead. Vince hobbling away, which is fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Looks so Martha stupid. laying into everybody, and Triple H saying, what goes around comes around, you son of a bitch. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Not Martha Hart. Julie Hart. So stupid. Swear to God, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Lying asses. Uh, swear to it. God. He swore to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, he swear to God. He's going to strike you down. I, I that's believe, not, that's not very that. Christian. Like, you can't swear to God and then right. lie right in the next sentence. I, I love Julie's response. You can swear to God all you want. He's going to strike you down. <laughs> right. Real talk. That's that was before Shawn Shawn Michaels got saved though he he got saved he Congrats. he good now but <laughs> he when he was a heathen though <laughs> he was swearing to God and lying in the next sentence yep <laughs> terrible <laughs> back to the opening match yeah. of yeah. Backlash two thousand three right uh, from this match but yeah uh, it is for the WWE Tag Team Championship it is Team Angle defending against Los Guerreros. Uh, Charlie Haas of Team Angle uh, walked out with a framed photo of Kurt Angle <laughs> with his medals hanging off of it. Uh, Angle was also on a little bit of a break after WrestleMania because he was beat down. Mm. Um, but before he left, him and Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas was a great group. I enjoyed that. And the, whoever thought of giving him his like, own wrestling team, yeah, uh, genius, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Because uh, he, he also he's also associated with a lot of wrestling clubs, obviously including like Foxcatcher, which is like there's a movie about it. Go check it out. Uh, but yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I know the Varsity Club had been there and done that before, but they didn't have an Olympic gold medalist in the group. Uh, they were way cooler. I'm sorry, <laughs> like as much as I like the Varsity Club, uh, Team Angle was dope, and with the with the hoods and the velour suits, like they yeah, yeah. that yeah. that's what wrestlers look like. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny because I didn't, I wasn't like watching. I thought everything WWE was doing was like annoying me. But I watched this kind of era back a little bit uh, through the years, and Team Angle is one of the the funniest and best things I love about SmackDown in this era. 
Yeah, it was dope. Uh, Shelton Benjamin has gotten his flowers a lot in the show, so we will continue to do that in the future as well. But Charlie Haas deserves his as well, right? Like, he was really good back in the day. Great wrestler. Uh, but do you remember when WWE ran out of ideas for Charlie Haas and they had him impersonate a different wrestler every week? Yeah. It was like the big show doing that crap. That's when they've run out of ideas, bro. And you one step away from either getting fired or going to developmental. <laughs> big Show went to developmental. Charlie Haas got fired. <laughs> so, still super talented, though. And I thought he and uh, Shelton Benjamin were awesome in Ring of Honor back in the day, too. Mm. So, when they went to, when they left WWE and went to Ring of Honor. So, they were dope. Uh, no lowrider yet for the Guerreros. We will see one after the match, though. Mm. Um, but... I don't think we talk enough about Los Guerreros as a tag team and how over they were and how much it pretty much catapulted Eddie to the main event in 2004. Like they were, they were pretty Mm -hmm. over. Yeah. They had, they won uh, the tag titles. This was a match on that SmackDown with uh, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle's Iron Man that in September of Oh three. And Los Guerreros beat uh, Sean Benjamin and Charlie Haas to win the tag titles, and that pop was huge. They were so over, and this is what April, so you know they they were hot for for a good time in '03. Yeah, maybe in '04. But yeah, it was great. They had all of '03, and they were over uh, the whole time, pretty much. Uh, and they would get cheered while openly cheating. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's <just> great. <laughs> But you, you got to be real likable for that to happen. Seriously, that you they, can openly break they the like rules. Turn to the crowd to like get encouragement. The crowd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> so. It's you have to be on another level to be able to get that reaction. And Eddie yeah. and just everything he did was gold, man. Yeah, rest in peace to Eddie Guerrero, man. Damn. Uh, but this match was a lot of fun. And how about a team angle wins by some cheating? When Shelton Benjamin holds down Chavo's legs as Charlie Haas pinned him. And then they go over to celebrate with the picture of Kurt Angle and they hug it, you know, because it's like it's a real person or something like that. It's not. It's a framed photo. And then Eddie Guerrero launches Chavo over the top rope and onto team angle and knocked over the photo. Knocked over the damn photo. Not the photo. Then to add insult to that, the Guerreros took care of the stealing part of their slogan, lie, cheat, and steal. They stole the tag titles. Yeah. <laughs> so they're technically champions. Possession. Yes, in their mind. Nine tenths of the law, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I usually hate when people like steal belts. Like AEW did it last year with uh, Jay Cargill. Oh, yeah. It's like, just don't. We know they're not the champion. But in this specific case, it makes perfect sense. I mean, again, they openly admitted that they lie, cheat, and steal. And in this case, this is the steal part of that equation. Like, can't be surprised when they go, I think I'm about to steal. When they say <laughs> I, we lie, cheat, and steal. Right. Like, they, they, they five-finger bandits out here. <laughs> they then walk backstage and talk about all the holes they're going to get because they got somebody else's titles now. <laughs> like... <laughs> All the women they're going to get now. All the mamacitas, as they said. They then hop into a dope candy green lowrider. That's right. And roll on out of there 
No luggage and nothing. Just tag team titles and vibes, okay? <laughs> and Team Angle was just in the ring crying. <laughs> My grandmama gave us some belts. <laughs> yeah, just tag titles and vibes. That's all. No luggage, no, no gear, no passports. Just rolled out with the titles. So that was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. The next segment, didn't enjoy as much. No, oh, this was not great. And it was only the beginning. It really, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I didn't watch this, so this is the first time I'm like watching the event front to back, and I'm like, oh God, where's this going? <laughs> you know, like, oh boy. Just, and this ran throughout the show, a threading angle throughout the show involving Tori Wilson, Test, Stacy Keebler, Sable, and Scott Steiner. It's messy as it sounds. Yeah. Okay? But for this segment, it is Tori Wilson and Tess. Okay? And Tess is, like, running up on Tori, and he's like, I know you want me. I want you, and I know you want me. Mind you, Tess is Stacy Keebler's boyfriend. Yeah. But here he is being a big old creep. Mm. To Stacy's best friend. Stacy's best. Who helped best... induct her into the Hall of Fame this year. Oh, my mm. God. Mm. Man. Messy was Tess back in the day. And he even admitted that he was obsessing over Tori's photos in Playboy. Oh, yeah. Not not a great thing to say. Don't say mm, that. No. That's not how you get the girl, by saying, I obsess over you. That does not work. <laughs> okay? Like, <laughs> not a good way to go. Obsessing over people is usually not good. Uh, and he wasn't taking no for an answer here. And he then forced a kiss on Tori Wilson as mm. she tried to walk away. Just casual workplace harassment for everyone to see. Uh, and then Sable comes in the frame, and she liked what she saw and walked away. And mm. that was really weird. Yeah, they, you know, she walked away for like 10 minutes. It's like, okay, <laughs> c- cut to the next scene. Let's go. Like Weird, weird stuff. Weird, weird stuff there. And again, only the beginning. Uh, Roddy Piper's music hits for the next match. Yeah, he's in action. He's in that. No, not quite. He's oh. just... He's just a manager. Oh. Uh, he had just returned to WWE at WrestleMania the month prior to get some revenge on Hulk Hogan. He still got it <laughs> off of Hulk Hogan after, at this Good point, like 20 years. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> he can hold a grudge. He held it for a long time. Him and Mr. T didn't make up until 2014. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They shook hands at WrestleMania. <laughs> Finally buried the old hatchet. But on this night, he brings out a full basket of coconuts. It's remember, Jimmy Snooker got knocked over the head with a coconut by Roddy Piper back in the 80s. Yeah. Jimmy Snooker is married into the Anuai family, mm. which, of course, that's Rikishi's family. Oh. So he's mad. <laughs> he got to look out for his kin, for his fam. In this case, Jimmy Snooker. Piper then gets on the mic and says... Here's my new protege, Sean O'Hare. And remember Sean O'Hare? I remember him very well. I was a big fan of Sean O'Hare in uh, the later WCW days. Yeah, he's going to face Rikishi. You know, he's like a, you know, going to defend his guy, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper is protege here. Uh, Sean O'Hare was being primed for a big run, it seemed like, in WWE. And then he went on... Real sports with Brian Gumble and shed some light on the dark side of wrestling long before the dark side of the ring. And WWE didn't like that. 
and the company fired him and pretty much tanked Sean O'Hare's push soon after. But I I like Sean O'Hare. He was obviously jacked up, but he was a good wrestler, and I liked him and Mark Jendrak in their tag team in WCW. I like that. That was one of my favorite parts of late. You don't get very many of those uh, good things of late WCW, uh, but Sean O'Hare and Mark no, Jendrak was one of them. Jendrak and O'Hare was a good tag team in WCW. Back in the day, where did it? Weren't they the tag team champs in WCW yeah. when they closed? Uh, I don't know when they closed, but they—I know they were at yeah. one point. Yeah, yeah. Jindrak and O'Hare though was a great tag team back in the day. Uh, go look them up if you're not familiar. But again, like you said, watching late WCW, like 2000 WCW, weren't a whole lot to look forward to. But uh, Jindrak and O'Hare was something to look forward to back in those days. So. Unfortunately, Sean O'Hare died in 2014, so may he rest in peace. Um, but he's a very talented wrestler. I think that, you know, some bad luck here and there, you know, didn't go his way. And, you know, he didn't quite get to the heights that I think he could have. But at this point in 2003, Sean O'Hare is being primed to get to that point. Uh, at one point during the match, though, Michael Cole got so excited. Over the prospect of seeing a stink face. Like, he just, <laughs> yeah. And every Keisha goes and throws him into the corner. And it's time for a stink face. <laughs> like, you can't be that ready to see somebody's face get ran into somebody's butt. Like, he got really excited. Yeah, I mean. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, like, 03 SmackDown. Like, I, I guess there wasn't much going. I mean, he had Lesnar as champ. So, I mean, I don't know. There's got to be Maybe more it was going boring time on SmackDown. So, the stink face liven things up. There's got to be more going in the stink face. <laughs> if, if all your shows got going for it is a stink face, you're in trouble. <laughs> okay? You're in trouble. Uh, Roddy Piper gets into the ring multiple times to interfere with coconuts. <laughs> Like, what's he trying to do? Don't know. Oh, Roddy. At one point, the referee gets a coconut. Rikishi <laughs> snatches it from him and clocks Roddy Piper with it mm. as payback for Jimmy Snooker. He even did Jimmy Snooker's pose. Finally. Long-term storytelling. Long, ter- long, long-term storytelling. Uh, Piper sold it by conv- convulsing. <laughs> what's happening to Piper here? Uh, uh, it reminds me of like whenever Farouk would take like a big bump and he would shake his leg, you know, like or Devon do that. Too. Yeah, Devon too. Like something like that just cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? I don't think people actually do that when they're like unconscious. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe. I, I mean, like I apparently convulsed and I was choked out in gym class, but that feels luckily different. there were no cell phones back then, so uh-huh. there were no videos of it. But apparently I did convulse, so I wonder what I was doing. Well, maybe I, well, maybe not, but. You also have oxygen cut off from your brain, so yeah. that might be a little different. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but Sean O'Hare, he takes advantage of this distraction by hitting Rikishi with, like, a reverse Death Valley driver that How looked really that? cool. How about that? Uh, but he won the match. You tell me Piper, they weren't going to push him to the moon. <laughs> he looked like it. That, you know? Right. To Rikishi? Yeah. Damn. Uh, Piper's all busted open. He had to play <laughs> it, <coconut>. obviously. <laughs> right, he had to. <laughs> couldn't couldn't resist. Oh. And that's the end of the second match on this show. Uh, 
Sean O'Hare beating Rikishi. Rikishi well on his way to post too cool. Just obscurity. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was looking for because he was just kind of there. And he's just kind of there, and yet he's the only one in the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't understand that because well, Rikishi Piper, got yeah. over because of too cool. Oh, the too cool, yeah. He should be in the Too Cool should be in the WWE Hall of Fame with him. If you're gonna put yeah. Rikishi in there, Grandmaster Sexe and, and Scotty Tuhati got to be in there with him. That's just doesn't make any sense. Uh, they should have had them dancing on stage together at WrestleMania. <laughs> that would be great. And at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, that would have been a nice moment. Instead, going backstage again at Backlash in oh, 2003. More of this. Yeah, this backstage soap opera <sighs> drama, which. People make fun of wrestling. Oh, this is so proper. And this is literally why people say that. This nonsense. <laughs> also, this is a pay-per-view. This is not even TV. Right. And we're doing this. But we're backstage with Stacey Keebler, who's getting food, and Sable walks in, and they've never even met before. But yet, Sable's coming up being mis- you know nice person, trying to be honest, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and trying to make it seem like Tori Wilson was the one smooching on Tess Mm-mm. when it was really workplace harassment on our part of Tess. Mm. Uh, obviously, big manipula- manipulation here. Uh, you know, Stacy, she's she's grown. She can think for herself, but I guess Sable was really convincing and she's so upset and she storms off. So I guess there's more to come here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because I'm going to believe, you know, the person I never met before. Never even met her. <laughs> never even met her. But yet, she's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I hate to be the person to tell you this. That's n- that's what never <laughs> happens. If somebody doesn't like you, I don't think that's the person that runs up on you and be like, guess what I saw? <laughs> I saw your man slobbing on this other girl. Mm-hmm. It was your friend, too. Thanks for letting me know. I'm pissed right. now. <laughs> Thanks, enemy. There's no way you're lying to me about that. Or embellishing a story or something like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, we move elsewhere backstage. We're now with Rob Van Dam. He's hanging out with Kane. And they're worried about their tag team title match later in the show. Because in their title match, well not later in the show, it's next, I should say. But the special referee for the title match is Chief of Staff, Sean Morley. Oh. The artist formerly, lo- formerly known as Val Venus. It's now Eric Bischoff's chief of, staff, chief of staff, and he's a special referee in this match, and he does not like Rob Van Dam and Kane. He's a bad guy. They're good guys. Naturally, they don't like each other, and Rob Van Dam is concerned. He's like, look, man, he's going to screw us over. I like being tag team champions. I like having the gold belt, and Morley's going to mess that up, and Kane said, just, just follow me, kid. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. No sweat. In an upcoming match, it is for the WWE World Tag Team titles. It is Rob Van Dam and Kane defending against fellow babyfaces at this point. D- the Dudley boys, they're uh, also babyfaces, right? Did they come off as babyfaces? I, I don't know. They kind of did. I mean, I know yeah. they were doing Sean Morley's bidding a little bit here. Uh, and, and Maybe other forced to, perhaps. Um, I don't know if he was forcing them to do it. I don't know. How long um, have they been back together? Because they were just split up a year ago. <laughs> so And now they're back together. So. Yeah, it's pulled the plug on that real fast (laughs) so i don't remember how like long they were back together but yeah maybe i don't know 
Maybe they were faces. Yeah. Remember, speaking of Sean Morley, remember, remember when I confused him with Sean Mooney? Yeah. <laughs> Not the same person. Uh, That's the one time I'll go Sean Mooney all the time. <laughs> well, that's not over morally. That's not a high bar to clear. It is not. But, but I'll go Virgil over Sean Mooney. I'll go Top Gill definitely over Sean Mooney. Man. Definitely over Chief Morley. Well, obviously. <laughs> that goes without saying. Um, RVD's entrance is the first time that I noticed that there is a lot of music on this show that's dubbed over. Yeah. For no reason. I hate it. <laughs> and it pissed me off. <laughs> and it didn't make any sense most times. Because Rob Van Dam here, he had the song One of a Kind in like late 2001. And we've watched shows from 2001 and 2002 with Rob Van Dam on the show. He has the song and they play the song. We just did WrestleMania 22. Mm-hmm. In 2006, where he won Money in the Bank, we heard the song before the show, before the match, and again after the match when he won. Yet it's dubbed over on this show. So weird. So weird. I think the Dudley Boys song was also dubbed over. I think maybe every song in this match might have been dubbed over because I don't remember Kane having that song at this point. I'm pretty sure you had like a rock song at this point, and then later in the show, this. Egregiously, uh, Booker T's music yeah, is dubbed I, over. Yes, like what? That that's the one that pissed me off. I didn't notice as much with RVD, probably because I was writing something down or, or whatever. Um, but the Booker T entrance, I, I mean, you you can't you know Booker T's entrance if you're a wrestling fan. You know his right. theme, Can and, you and especially his WWE theme. It's like, what the hell was this? That this is the one that the Booker what? T one is the one that pissed me off. He Real never bad. had another song in WWE. He Real never. Bad. He had. I, oh, I do. I do recall him and RVD having like a combo song when they were tag team partners. But yeah, I, I even did a YouTube search. Sometimes you can find like themes on on YouTube, and there was none of that for Booker T's theme on this oh, night. So I'm like, this was never a song for him. What was this here? generic corny ass they played? Where, where did they find this? Very frustrating. For- doesn't WWE own Booker T's song? You would think, I think they so. played it since oh the day he arrived. <laughs> it's not like it's like a licensed song, even. It's just it, it makes me think this particular version of Backlash is not the one, uh, their main one. Maybe it's like an international version or something. They Bro, have to edit so international weird. for. They have to edit international music. I don't know, but they dubbed in that's the Goldberg's only music. Uh, yeah, for so Goldberg's only- entrance, that was not Goldberg's music. I could tell <laughs> there was no Goldberg chance during his entrance. Yeah. You could tell it was dubbed. And it's like, how can you do that to Goldberg's entrance? That's the whole draw. I don't even want to care to see him wrestle. I want to see the entrance. <laughs> and it was just ruined because I could tell it was dubbed over because you couldn't hear him hit, bang his head off the door. Yeah. And you couldn't hear him like snort after. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> This is what I hate about the streaming. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, I just, I just don't like the inconsistency. If it was yeah. more consistent and I can expect it, then okay. But like, I, like I've heard Booker T's theme song. Chris Jericho is usually always, even in WCW, stepped over the walls of Jericho. Not every single one, because I've, I've, I've heard, you know, Jericho's WCW theme. Um, it was trash. That's not, <laughs> that's not uh, dubbed over. But 
Yeah, if it was something like that, like you're just kind of you kind of accept it because you're like, okay, right. whatever. It's a WCW but event. This, it's an ECW event. It's that yeah. it, it wasn't under the WWF. It wasn't under WWE. They don't have the licenses to all these songs. Fine. They don't have to license the Booker T song. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. They have the license to the song. It's elsewhere on Peacock. Same with RBD. Yeah. Same yeah. with Ric Flair, who's also dubbed over to his '92 theme. I get like when we talked about Hulk Hogan last week for Backlash 02. It's a Jimi Hendrix song. Right, right. Understandable. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice if we could hear it. I like the Jimi Hendrix song. Voodoo Child, great song. But like, you don't, how, how much money would it cost to, for that? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's not worth the cost, probably. Yeah. Dub it over. Nat, what is the deal with that? I don't get it. I, I don't understand it, but. It kind of made me upset. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to say that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Because it kind of ruined some moments for me. It like, does. It, it does. I was looking forward to hearing Booker T's theme song. You're and editing, that pop because he was over at this time. Yeah, you're editing not only the theme but the crowd. Yeah. And you're definitely editing the, editing the announcers. So mm-hmm. it's like we're not getting – you know, they might be explaining something that we're missing, you know, because they just kind of edit whatever they want. They don't – they're not just editing, you know – Chris Benoit mentions or stuff like that. It's way more than that. And they're just taking full lines of audio out. It's just like, for for who? For what? You know, like, Ricky Waters. For who? For what? Seriously? That's the part I hate about the editing on, on these platforms. Yeah, it just... Again, I just wish it was no more consistent. Reason. Yeah, just be more consistent. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, across... Like, I understand in certain situations, but, like... You're going to edit out Goldberg's theme and Booker T's theme? I don't understand. I don't understand why. I don't get it, but whatever. There's nothing we can do about that, I guess. <laughs> but the match itself. Let's get to the match. Let's get to the World Tag Team title match. Okay? Uh, Worley, again, was a heel, and RVD and King were very suspicious of him. But, however... For the most part, he called the match down the middle. He did. Until he didn't. Because <laughs> like, out of nowhere, he just hits Kane with a low blow and then throws all of the principles of being a good referee he had just like 30 seconds ago. Threw all of that out the window. <laughs> okay? Even though when Bubba tried to, you know, pin Kane after he hit him with a clothesline following the low blow, more than understand why that happened. But then he tosses Kane out of the ring, and he's just done, done mussing around, I guess. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to beat him up now. And then Morley mistakenly hits Bubba with a clothesline, and now mm-hmm. Devon is pissed. Because you hit his brother, and Devon whips Morley's ass on the spot. All hell has broken loose. Even Lance Storm is here now. <laughs> he's helping Chief Morley. And the Dudley boys say, well, you didn't help good enough because we're going to put Morley in the 3D. There's still a match going on somehow. <laughs> There's no ref. They whooping the referee's ass. He's getting finishing move put on him. No referee. RVD hits a five-star frog splash out of nowhere. A new ref comes down. That person counts to three, and that allows the champions to retain their world tag team titles. Despite the wild finish this was, the fans dug it, so I guess it was good. If you're a referee that's going to eventually screw the guys, why do you wait so long? Because... You're, if you're going to screw a certain team, 
there's the chance that the other team is going to beat the team that you're siding with before that. I, I just The wrestling logic doesn't match up to me. It's like, if you're going to be a shitty ref, be a shitty ref from the start. Uh, of course, the overbooked finish doesn't work, but the logic of it doesn't work either for me. So it's just like, oh. I totally forgot about Chief Morley here as being a, a guy doing like Bischoff spitting and all that crap. I hated, <laughs> yeah. I hated it. It was bad. Um, but yeah, it just didn't make any sense because he was like you said, like calling it down the middle. And then out of nowhere, it's like, you know what? Screw it. I just remembered. Like, I, I don't like these guys. I, I understand the thing of, oh, you want to let RVD and Kane let their guard down. They, it, it still makes them have the chance to beat up the Dudleys. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me as a wrestling logic historian. <laughs> but it's not the first time they did it, not the last time. Just stupid. And the end of Kane is we knew it. Pretty much. Is what? Oh, this yeah. Year, this year he took the mask off the mask. Yeah. yeah, before SummerSlam, right? Yep. Things before SummerSlam. June, June yep. or July, yeah. And it took a turn. <laughs> it took a turn. I didn't hate Unmask Kane, but obviously. There was definitely Kane. like the story you had to unmask him at some point. And it could have been a lot worse. But uh yeah, just kinda The scars were mental. It's like, oh okay. <laughs> he never he never was burned, okay. <laughs> that kind of made me laugh. That was so stupid. How they're gonna explain you know his disfigurement. Right, all, they all they mental. made it seem like he was <laughs> he, he was the dude from the Goonies underneath that mask. Like they made it seem like he was Jason Voorhees from uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Like <laughs> ugly, ugly under that mask. And then he took the mask off, and he just had like a weird hairline and some black paint on his face. Yeah. And they tried to distort the camera to make it seem like he was so ugly. Right. Oh my god, right. he's hideous! <laughs> right, and then like the next week, he's like without makeup. He's just like, "Hey, I'm Kane." Like <laughs> you would have thought <laughs> that he looked like the thing. <laughs> like he was an alien under there. He looked like the crypt keeper under there or something. And, oh my god, it's just like it's just Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> It's just Isaac Yankum DDS. <laughs> you, you remember that guy? You've seen that face before. It's not hideous. It's just a face. <laughs> you would have thought he had tentacles hanging out or something. Silly, silly stuff, man. Pro wrestling could be but, real but silly But later sometimes. on, they, they put a mole on Jillian Hall. Like, they couldn't do oh. that for Kane. They couldn't, oh like, attach things to his face. I don't, you know, like, Jillian Hall, whatever. like, growth on her face. Why did they do that? They put a rice cake on her face. <laughs> And they just took it off. Boogeyman ate it. Like what? Oh my god! <laughs> the boogeyman ate it because it was like granola. <laughs> like, <laughs> what did they do that for? They ran out. Of the, you could just tell when they went out of ideas for people. Yeah, they're just like, all right, we're gonna end it here. <laughs> yep, we're gonna do something wild. Like, if you choose this mission, if you accept, this might be your last one for WWE. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mission Impossible. Get over this growth. <laughs> Go on now and get it over. All right, you know what? We're going to have Boogeyman eat it. And then <laughs> we don't know what you're going to do from there. We'll get back to you in like 
two months when we're about to fire you, I guess. <laughs> but moving on from the World Tag Team title match, we are backstage again. Oh, boy. With Stacy. Oh, boy. She means business. Uh-oh. She barges into the women's locker room, confronts Tori. Jacqueline is talking to Tori, and she sees Stacy and then immediately oops on out the frame. Like, Oop. <laughs> Make it on out of here. It's about to get Tori admits that her and Tess kiss, but it's really like uh, Tess kissed her. Yeah, Stacy apparently wasn't hearing this. But she waited so long to say this is where it's like all right, you have to justify Stacy and rea- Stacy reacting the way she does. So Tori um it almost beats around the bush at first, be like, Yeah, we kissed. Like, why can't you just come out and be like, yo, he assaulted me? Like Right. Why didn't you do the sitcom thing? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, now Stacy hears, yeah, Tori, yeah, Tess kiss me. It's like, but <laughs> to Stacy, it's like, okay, well, you kissed him back, and you're supposed to be my best friend. Like, and I know that's what they were going for. They made Tori look really stupid here. They made Stacy look stupid too. That yeah, they made both the two women, stupid. of course. And now Tess and Scott Steiner are supposed to be the heroes. Like, get the <laughs> hell out of here. They made Tori pisses me off. Because eventually, Stacy shoves Tori and says, whooping her ass. And then they got to hold her back. Tori's just lying on the ground like, oh, my God. She just wants to fight I, me. I think Ivory had, like, a dog in her hand, and the dog jumped out. No, it was a cat. <laughs> was it a cat? I thought it was it a was dog. It was a cat, bro, because it's a cat yeah, no, fight. Did I, did I write I thought cat? it was a cat, bro. She walks out of the bathroom with a towel on. While ho- I thought it was a cat, and the cat jumped no, down and I ran away. I didn't know What is going on? For some reason, I thought it was a dog, but yeah, you're probably right. Either it's a pro- dog or a cat. Either the dog, way. The dog slash cat was kind of like, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> what? I don't know if that was supposed to happen because Ivory seemed kind of like shocked and was like, oh. Who? They allow pet cats backstage? I guess so. And she's just holding it in her towel? Yeah. And then she's, the, the cat just jumps on out of there? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. What was going on with that? Just crazy. And they're gathered around Victoria and some other people are like, yeah, let them fight. And Jacqueline's trying to break them up. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> this is like high school. Yeah. These are grown women. Yeah, they look, they're being made to look so bad. That and was I, trash, like, bro. You're trying to get Test over as a heel. You're trying to get Scott Steiner. Later on, we'll see Scott Steiner. Right. As like That's the good the guy too. coming it's, in. It's, like, it's not even about the women no. involved. They are used, they're a means right. to an end. They're really the means to getting, like you said, heat on Test mm-hmm. and making Scott Steiner look good, and nobody looks good. No. No one. And it's especially the women, and it shows you what Vince McMahon thought of the women like back in 2003, like what they were good for. Just mindless entertainment. Cat fights. I'm going to have a cat in here. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is that? <sighs> Speaking of the women, you know, the next match, you have Jazz and Trish Stratus, which uh, I'm shocked doesn't even go six minutes. So... No, like you, you could say, you know, you have the devil's advocate be like, well, there's a, they have the women's championship here and Jazz and Trish for the second year in a row. It's like, well, they're given five minutes and 50 seconds. So, like, you <laughs> yeah, tell me, they, is that really, gotta, you know, a good thing? And they got to pack it all in in that five minutes. Right, right. But Jazz, she's got a, she got a partner with her this time. She got a homie mm. from the hood, as WWE might say, because he's black. But she got. Theodore Long as her manager. Oh, wait a minute. Teddy's going to say a lot of things now. Or Theodore. Let me holler at you, player. 
I'm calling Theodore. I've got to remember. You know, tonight is about one thing, and that one thing is vindication. Vindication for baby girl jazz. Baby girl who's jazz. Rise above all prejudice. She's gonna prejudice. rise above all bigotry. And I guarantee you tonight that Jazz will defeat Chris Stratus and become the new women's champion. Believe that, player. Believe you feel that. me, boo? You feel me, I boo? Feel you, player, oh my tonight, God. the bitch is back and the bitch is black. Believe that. What? In Told the you. world. Of course, those Worcester Mass fans booed. Wooster, Wooster. Yeah. What in the hell? <laughs> Who wrote that? What white person wrote that? You know, a white person wrote that. Hundred percent. You you with me, boo? Yeah, player. Just say, have him say Jive turkeys too, like yeah, Jive so bro. What the hell? <laughs> Why does she have to mention that the bitch is black? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? And then here comes the the blonde white woman as the baby face. What? Also, Teddy Long is wearing a pink blazer that rivals Mark Henry's. And I think it might have been the same one because it was like three sizes too big for Teddy. Okay. But that was... And she had to overcome prejudice. According to, to, to Theodore Long. Prejudice? What are they doing like the cards like SNL has? Like was he reading from cards and he just read it wrong? You don't read know it, how like, to say prejudice? <laughs> Maybe. He said prejudice. Maybe. That was That was something else. I need the that WWE writers else. to go on strike. Man. Stuff like this. We need Vince McMahon to go on strike. That's where this came from. <laughs> Permanently. <laughs> Done. And then Jerry Lawler brought up apparently Coach had called Teddy Long a racist on television. Did you hear that in commentary? It's like, did that really happen? Uh, yeah. You yeah, heard that, right? I, I, just a weird thing you know i was out on the product so i i wasn't watching every week but yeah teddy put together a group right were they uh, supposed to be were they supposed to be looked at as racist like i don't remember and of all people to have coachman yeah yeah. a black man called the black group or the black leader of the group and you know that came right from vince (laughs) you're gonna have coach Coach's headset for sure. <laughs> you gonna have a coach, Uncle Tom, it on national television? Damn! What the hell is going on? And this is 2003. It's not even like the 80s. <laughs> I wrestling just, was built on racism. Oh, man, it's like racist. This is when like, like they kind of lost a filter on things. Like they were pushing envelopes that mm-hmm. they just. It's like they didn't they got, need they, to. They were they the only show the in town. To, though. <laughs> they felt the need to. They got too used to that and then added to there. And it's like, well, we got to keep doing it because that's right. what made us all this money. So we got to keep pushing the envelope. And it went beyond just like, you know, sex and fart jokes. It was like yeah. we might have to touch on some sensitive topics like 
a terrorist attack and like it but with Muhammad Hassan and uh racism all the time with Teddy Long like yeah. I don't what then you get the test angle with Tori Wilson it's like what is that this is a weird time in wrestling bro <laughs> like people Dude, look back on the I, um the ruthless aggression era with yeah. obviously rose colored glasses in hindsight but like when you watch some of this it's like what that was appalling. <laughs> that was abhorrent, even. And if if I was still watching like week to week, I would have stuff like this might have turned me off like completely. Because I don't, you know, I I've watched this stuff after the facts, um, during the, you know, before WrestleMania and this month through the summer, I was just like in and out. I think the only episode of Raw I watched in the summer this year was when Kane unmasked, because you know I was interested in that. But you wanted to see his dif- disfigured face, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you then once to see you how know, hideous Kurt Angle, he was after all this after yeah. all these years of hearing how hideous he was, and then it was just makeup and the bad hairline. Yeah. And then the only SmackDown I tuned in was the Angle Lesnar Iron Man. So uh, those are the you know things I kind of watched this I, I had no clue like Teddy Long's group uh, I don't probably don't even remember Trish being the women's champion uh, didn't know the stuff was going on with Stacy and Tori and Scott and Test like I even forgot about the big show Rey Mysterio stuff so like this time frame like if I if I was literally like watching every week I probably this type of stuff might have actually turned me off for good yeah, it was rough. It was just low brow. Like, who was it, it for? Really was. Can't even say exactly. it's for kids. Who exactly. was it for? Vince. Who are we appealing that's, that's, to? That's who it was for. Who who are we appealing to exactly? Uh, at one point in this match, though, <laughs> Trish Stratus hits a Stratisfaction and goes for the pin. And we get one, two, and out of nowhere, Teddy Long throws a shoe and bonks Trish Stratus right in the head to break up the pin. Perfect aim. And I just thought about Austin Powers. Like, who throws a shoe? (laughs) Who throws a shoe? I do, player. I do. At this woman's head. This is something else, bro. What is going on? Then he turned around and blamed it on a fan. I've never seen anything like yeah, this in my life. That was hilarious. Oh my god! This is not the way it's going to go down tonight, players. It went down like that though, because Jazz <laughs> well, eventually said, won. Trish is pinning Jazz. Uh-uh. This ain't the way it's going to go down. <laughs> Threw a shoe. <laughs> Hit her right in the face with that shoe. <laughs> what? Jazz eventually wins. Uh, by hanging on to the ropes during the pen, uh, she got you know some extra leverage there, uh, and that was something else. Yeah. <laughs> Jazz, the new women's champion. The bitch is the champ, according to Jazz. <laughs> Teddy Long and Jazz hug, and the ancestors are pleased because <laughs> <laughs> black woman's woman's champ. But what the hell is going on here? Uh, moving on. But backstage, Booker T is talking to Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash. And, you know, they're like, you ready for the match tonight? And Nash is all he's focused on is Triple H because that rivalry is going to be God, like not good in 2003. 
and just the production of this where Booker T is talking to Shawn Michaels with literally Kevin Nash right there. He's like, is he going to be ready tonight? What like, about him? Just, just ask him yourself. And like, <laughs> he's right there. Like, what the hell, Booker? Come on. Yeah, WWE. Not great all the time. Now we get a video package about the rivalry between the Big Show and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, I forgot where about Mysterio this. was just pretty much playing pranks on Big Show and making him look <laughs> stupid. He was falling down, go, whoops, I fell. <laughs> And Raven still will be behind him, like behind a wall somewhere, giggling. Ah, got him again. Yeah. <laughs> that was the story, pretty much. He'd be behind uh, the wall, kikiing, while Big Show is looking like, oh, man, I'm going to kill him. Wait till I get my hands on that little Mysterio. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon or something. Exactly. Vince uh, McMahon through and through. Vince McMahon. Fingerprints said, all over it. Look here, Ray. You're going to be Dennis the Menace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be. Kevin McAllister. You're going to play a prank on the big old giant big show. Ha ha ha. How funny, right? Except he's going to kill you when he gets his hands on you. <laughs> he's going to break you in half. But in the meantime, we're going to have fun, right? Because, yeah, Ray Mysterio tried to use his speed and all that. The big show was like, nah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he did. He, Ray still got a little momentum going. He hit a couple 619s, but he tried to do the West Coast pop. Big Show caught him out of midair with his one hand. At one point, he also palmed Ray Mysterio's head. Like, he could just tear it off his shoulders uh, in a very gruesome manner. But in this case, he just caught him out of the air, held him up like eight feet in the air, and then slammed the hell out of Ray Mysterio's tiny body into the mat. It looked horrible. Okay, loved I loved it. It looked so bad. The refs, they like, we got to call a doctor. Somebody <laughs> get a doctor out here. Okay, they get a doctor out there. They strap Ray Mysterio to the bodyboard. Big Show's like, oh, this is a good opportunity to wreak some more havoc. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks back out and grabs the bodyboard with Ray Mysterio still on it and slammed it up against the ring post. And that probably wasn't the worst of it because it looked like the worst of it was when Ray Mysterio landed face first <laughs> without getting being able to get his hands up really right. on the ground. I'm surprised he didn't break his neck, honestly. The way he fell could have easily uh, landed the wrong way. Um, I mean, he didn't land a good way regardless, but Man, I remember ugly. this gif. You know, like I, I've seen this gif before. I just didn't remember what it was from. And the fact that you just... Vincent Mann, literally, this is what he wanted to see. Right on a stretcher, big show, swinging it like a baseball bat. And in the ring post, the visual is hilarious. It's like Jason Voorhees <laughs> slamming that person in, in the movie when they're in the sleeping bag, and he slams up against the chair to the Ray like, Mysterio, and it was like, fatality. And Ray, Ray Mysterio was dead, just like Jason Voorhees does. Like, Thank God Ray's okay <laughs> today, <laughs> um, so we can laugh at it because uh, that that visual I laughed, man. It's a really funny visual of him swinging Ray like a baseball bat <laughs> into the ring post, and the way Ray landing is like, oh shit! Like it looked bad. Yeah, even though like that padding they have, it really looks like less padding than the old shows from like the nineties before they changed their guardrail and they're padding around the ring that padding looks like it's you know stiffer a little bit um 
I don't know if that's the case. It just looks that way. So Ray landing at first while strapped mm. to a stretcher is like, holy shit. Yeah. It that visual not great. Not, not pretty. Uh, the visual of Big Show uh, swinging Ray as a baseball vest. So funny <laughs> as hell. Pretty funny. <laughs> uh, just like the Jason Voorhees kill, people laugh at it because it's just <laughs> so absurd to pick someone up and swing their entire body like a baseball bat into something. And you know it's going to do like just irreparable damage. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this person's never going to be the same. They might not survive. And Rey Mysterio looked like he barely survived. He was on the ground like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. Like he was going through it. It looked bad. It looked ugly. Uh, but we move on from that to Lillian Garcia, who is backstage interviewing Triple H, Ric Flair. And Chris Jericho, there's no evolution yet. So Chris mm. Jericho is just hanging out with Triple H and Ric Flair yeah. at this point. Uh, Jericho called Lillian Garcia Vivian at one point yeah. <laughs> uh, and then cut a weird promo. I didn't like his promo. Uh, but then Garcia steps aside for some reason, <laughs> like in the midst of like people moving around. And then Jericho yells at her to bring the microphone back. Bring the microphone back over here. We're not done yet. <laughs> and Triple H, I'll tell you when we're done talking. Yeah, that was weird. It was kind of weird. I don't know what happened. I feel like maybe they were supposed to end and then they had to pull a, a audible or something. Maybe Ray was know. really hurt. And they're like, wait, don't, don't, don't leave yet. this way. <laughs> I don't know. But that was funny as hell because it made no sense. Elsewhere backstage, we're with Tori and Stacy as they're still fighting. Oh, my God. Is this a long, this is like a blood feud Longest now? Longest fight ever. Right. They're just fighting now, everywhere. It's like the chicken and, and Peter Griffin from yeah. Family Guy. <laughs> right? And at one point, Stacy she gets subbed into, like, a case and a big oh, yeah. container of, like, supplies <laughs> bonk her in the head. <laughs> I wonder if that was planned because <laughs> you, did you see Tori's reaction. <laughs> She's kind of like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> that sounded heavy. It's like, <laughs> boom, on top it, of her head. It reminded me, do you remember backstage years ago, Alicia Fox hit, uh, I think it was Tamina, with something. But, like, she – I remember taking a video of it, and I posted it to Twitter. But this was, like, in 2013 or 14, maybe. Maybe 15, maybe 16. I don't know. But it's, like, she was obviously supposed to let up, but it actually hit Tamina. I want to say it was Tamina. Maybe it was Nia Jax. I don't remember exactly who it was. A big intimidating woman um, <laughs> versus Alicia Fox, basically backstage, and she like hit her with something, and actually like got her good. And Alicia Fox was like, <gasps> like it, she, she did the same thing Tori did in this uh, in this segment, which it makes me laugh. I, I'm going to try and find that again, but uh, it just reminded me of that moment because I remember taking a video of it and Alicia Fox's uh, reaction. Just kind of be like, oh shit! <laughs> that's what yeah, I. That's, not, that's what I felt through the screen with the Tory here, kind of like a oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Uh, it didn't look good. <laughs> like it, it, it sounded did not heavy. Sound good. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded like it was like a lot of stuff in there that yeah. shouldn't be falling on someone's head. Right. Right. But oh, the Eagles have announced another game. Yeah, against the 49ers, 49ers week thirteen. Huh? Okay. That will be in Philly, right? Yep. Yeah. So week 13, so that's 13. what, in November? December 3rd. December. Oh, that was close. Plan on, 
Christmas this year as well. Which yeah, because the Giants, right? My my first year, the Eagles, uh, we played on Christmas against yeah, the Raiders. Raiders. That was a really bad game. <laughs> people thought, yeah, people thought uh, what Carson Wentz had just got hurt and Nick Foles had a bad game. It's like, oh man, we we might be one and done in the playoffs at that point. Yeah, everybody was thinking that. <laughs> that was bad. And Christmas was not like one of them games that dispelled that <laughs> right, <laughs> that uh, fear. Exactly. Yep. Uh, well, not a great game. It was cold as hell that night. I remember that. Uh, but yeah, Christmas night, 2017. So we'll see what happens in Christmas night, 2023. Uh, but again, Tess, uh, no, not Tess. Tori Wilson and Stacy are still fighting. Stacy gets hurt in the midst of the brawl, and out comes Scott Steiner. You know what? I guess it was was meant to happen because you had to do the Steiner thing, but. Still, that was that looked like it hurt like hell. <laughs> yeah, he comes out and he's oh, you okay? Oh my God, you poor thing, <laughs> poor beautiful fine thing, you. I'm gonna Meanwhile, help you. Rick Steiner is somewhere yelling at, <laughs> yeah, never whoever. Mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, I'm gonna help you. Yeah, cause you fine. I'm gonna help you. <laughs> he even picks her up. He tries does. to help her. Right, because you know that was necessary. (laughs) (laughs) She was almost uh, unconscious, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think they got medical professionals to help out with that. Right, right. They just call. They were busy with Ray. Maybe there was the timing. They were busy with Ray. So put my girl down. Scott Scott had the EMTs were busy with Ray, so Scott was a designated EMT that night. Look here, Scott. I know all about your freaks and your peaks, and my girl ain't about to be one of your freaks. So (laughs) put it down, okay. It's like, Tess, right. why don't, your girl got hurt. Why don't you show some empathy and take care but of he her? He did not. He did not. He was just mad. <laughs> All right? Get off my girl. Yeah. He can't even, you can't even blame Vince Russo for this nonsense. It's mm. just bad. Mm-mm. It's just bad. So, but yeah. Nobody looks good here. Nobody wins. And in hindsight, nobody won here. And we're Sable. <laughs> you know, like, does she ever get her comeuppance? Well, I don't know, but Taz and Michael Cole blamed her for being big messy. Mm. So, and then they talk Brock about. The, I don't know if she was Brock yet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they met him on. I'm not sure they met her on this maybe time. Maybe they met on know. this night. <laughs> maybe. When she was causing a stir backstage. <laughs> uh, but then we with Michael Cole and Taz, and they talk about Sable. And then they talk about the theme song for the show, which is Remedy by Cold. Hmm. And. Michael Cole called the song, and I quote, "Kicking." <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> that was Michael Cole's attempt at being cool, and it did not oh, work. It's live, house. It did not work. <laughs> said the song was kicking. It's y'all. kicking. It's kicking, kicking what? Michael Cole, what you talking about? You don't even know what you're saying. Uh, you know any Cold songs? Uh, no. Okay. I know Coldplay. Okay. You don't know Cold, though. No. Well, they've been around for a while. They've done some things. I mean, uh, maybe I do, but not off the top of my head. No. Okay. <laughs> They're actually celebrating 20 years of this particular album that Remedy was on. It was called hmm. The Year of the Spider. They're celebrating 20 years yeah. of that album this year. They're going on, going on tour. They even stopped in Philly back on March 29th. Oh, we missed it. Yeah, at the warehouse on Watts in, like, off of like North Broad Street. Hmm. Are you familiar? No. Okay. Well, it's 
it's it's like a multi-purpose space mixed use it hosts concerts and weddings which i don't recall looking at this place when i was looking for wedding venues last year <laughs> but probably would have been out of my price range it looks really nice um <laughs> <laughs> but we now get a video package for the upcoming match it is for the WWE Championship. It is Brock Lesnar defending against John Cena. And in the video package, we get to see how John Cena defeated Eddie Guerrero, The Undertaker, and Chris Benoit to earn a shot at Brock Lesnar at Backlash. And Cena, he was he was still fuming over Brock Lesnar injuring him sometime before this. And we also get to see full-blown heel John Cena, which we mm. usually don't get to see. Mm. We haven't seen that since 20, 2003, pretty much. Yeah. But, yeah, you get to see full-blown heel John Cena, which includes, of course, him mocking the fans. And he walks out in Massachusetts, where he's from. He's not from Worcester. He's from West Newberry, Massachusetts, but Massachusetts nonetheless. And, of course, if you're in that state, you're probably a Red Sox fan. And you know what team they hate. They hate the Yankees. Well, Cena went against his roots and wore a Yankees jersey. What the hell is going on here? In Worcester, Massachusetts. <laughs> to add it, to add salt into the wound. Not only did he wear a Yankees jersey, he wore a Roger Clemens jersey. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. That is disgraceful. And it's mm. crazy because later that baseball season, the Yankees would beat the Red Sox in Game 7 on an Aaron Boone game-winning home run. Mm. Yep. Mm-mm. And would lose to the Marlins in the World Series. But, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably wonder, who cares about Roger Clemens? Why does that matter? Well, again, Roger Clemens used to play for the Red Sox. He was a pitcher. And then he left the Red Sox to go to the Blue Jays at first, but then went to the Yankees. Mm. Ugh. But during his time with the Part Red Sox, of their, uh, dynasty pretty much, right? Yeah, he I went there in ninety. I think he got there in ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yeah, okay. something like that. Part of it, half of it, <laughs> something like that. But during his time with the Red Sox, I mean, there's a reason why the, the Red Sox fans they love Roger Clemens. He won the Cy Young Award three times, which is like the MVP of pitchers in baseball. <laughs> but he also won that award too. He won the MVP award. Yeah, in but what were the advanced stats? What was the warp and all that stuff? I don't know, but he was named a five-time All Star. With the Red Sox, and that '86 season when he won MVP, he went 24 and four and had a 2.48 ERA. Mm. That's pretty damn good. Red Sox, I think, won the American League that year. That's, what you, that's, that's Billy Buckner, right? Between the leagues, unfortunately, against the yeah. Mets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah, because uh, back then it would have been just the two division winners in the championship series of their respective yeah uh, leagues, and then they would face the World Series. So yeah, they would have right. had to yeah. Uh, Roger Clemens would be in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for him uh, using PEDs at one point in his career. Yeah. Uh, which, in my opinion, I don't care. Let him in. Him, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, uh, Rafael Palmero, let them all in. I don't yeah. give a damn. Like, because everybody was using them at that point. Yeah. So, and it still doesn't mean they weren't good. They were better than everybody who else oh, yeah. who was also using them. <laughs> like, you can keep the whole generation out. Like, nobody had a better swing than Barry Bonds. Maybe Ken Griffey. I like Ken Griffey's swing, but Barry Bonds' swing. Uh, PEDs or no PEDs was always the same. So and he was so. great before he started using them. Right. He just used them to make <laughs> like he was still making contact every time. Yeah. 
if you look at Barry Bonds' numbers compared to like normal people, even like back then, it was insanity how far and away how much better he was than everybody else. Yep. That ain't just PEDs, bro. Come on. <laughs> like, also, I don't think people even care that much today. I don't honestly don't. Do you care? You're a baseball no, guy. No, they, they, you know, if it was illegal, people would have been suspended and stuff, and MLB just didn't enforce anything. Right. So the players are going to take it upon themselves. Be like, if you're not enforcing this, like that's why criminals do criminal things. It's like if you're not going <laughs> to arrest me, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to do this. Like that's just the mentality of not only baseball players but professional athletes in general. I mean. You know, even some Eagles, unfortunately, through the years have been, you know, suspended for taking PEDs. But, you know, in pro sports, that's just, you know, if you're going to enforce it, enforce it. Right. Yeah. Don't and retroactively if you're not, do it. You're like you're, you're basically telling your players it's okay to cheat because we're not going to do anything about it. And um, the only reason I think they, you know, did it is because Barry Bonds got the home run title, what, just a few years after it was set by Mark McGuire, like, you know, we waited forever and uh, it, it was and broken by Mark McGuire. And then you only waited like five, like five years. years and then Barry Bonds did it. And that's, I think, what people were like, what the hell? Someone's going to hit 80 home runs at some point. Yeah. But it's like, at the end of the day, also, who cares, though? Like, do you, I'm not saying who cares. I shouldn't say that because obviously we want no, anybody to Don do it fairly. Callis but like, turned on Kenny Omega. Hmm. Oh, Young Bucks did? No, Don Callis. Oh, Don Callis. We all saw that coming. Oh, but they? No. they had dissension for a while. Since Kenny Omega came back, they had some dissension. Gotcha. Um, but I don't think people – obviously, you, you got to – you know, you do something. But, like, the numbers going up isn't, like, a bad thing. Like, you look at football, passing numbers go up right. every year. Like, right. offensive numbers go up. I don't think that hurts the game. More offense helps. Obviously, you don't want people taking all kinds of PDs and stuff like that. You want it to be fair. But, like, if it means more entertainment for your game, too, like, I'm not saying I'm not going to say an advocate for it. I'm not going to do that. But I'm saying I don't think people cared enough for them to, like, shut these guys out of the Hall of Fame. Right. And it just feels weird that you have your home run king and your single season home run king and the guy who Mark McGuire helped bring baseball back into the national conscious. And then oh, yeah. Roger, Cl- Roger Clemens is, like, one of the best pitchers ever. Mm-hmm. He won. That was his. That those numbers I listed was just his Red Sox career. He had more after <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Played for Toronto and and the Yankees. He did more. So he's a Hall and of then Famer. He even went to Houston, and oh, yeah, the Astros. Had, the Astros had a great a lot of. Uh, I think Andy Pennant even went to Houston, right? Yeah. So that that was the year they went to the World Series. Yeah. I think and lost to Chicago. I think they yeah. had them too. I think I could be wrong. Either yep. way, <clears throat> I don't. Know. I just. Baseball's got to catch up on a lot, a lot of different ways, but yeah. I just don't, yeah, it, I don't see it enough that it's not like if you put Barry Bonds or Mac McGuire or Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame, it destroys the sanctity of the Hall of Fame. People aren't, don't care that much about it with those guys. I don't think it's, they'd rather see the best players get in instead of right. if you put like a no name scrub in there, that would kill <laughs> the credibility of it <laughs> over putting those guys in. These are the guys that people remember. Yeah, they <laughs> like, put you know Cody Clemens in there. People are gonna be like, "What the hell?" <clears throat> right. You know what I'm saying? Cody Clemens like, is a current Philadelphia Philly, you, you, and Roger Clemens' son. Well, how about that? How about that? <laughs> right. No, no disrespect to Cody, but like, 
Yeah. That would do putting a no name in there would do a lot more damage to the Hall of Fame than putting those guys in. Right. Just saying. There's a lot Just of because bad. they you know, they were clean and all that. It's like, well Right. I mean, there are plenty of guys in there that are pro- probably were not clean. They just weren't tested, you know. Especially if they're from that era. Right. When everybody was doing it. Apparently. So I don't know. Babe Ruth might have been on some. We don't know. <laughs> they probably weren't testing anything back then. I mean, if he was, what could it possibly been? <laughs> like, besides, like, beer and, like, food. <laughs> didn't stop him hitting the baseball really far. I'm just saying, like, Correct. didn't like he was in, like, in the gym every day in 1927. <laughs> what was the workout regimen back then? What was the weights like? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, the match itself, John Cena and Brock Lesnar, we have blood. Brock Lesnar gets busted open. Mm. And apparently, we just realized this lately, Brock Lesnar, he likes to bleed. He, he loves it, man. He's all about it. Yeah. He was just busted open at Backlash, <laughs> which uh, reportedly was a planned spot for him to get gashed, really get gashed. I mean, staple stitches. His face was really yeah. messed up. <laughs> he, he doesn't blade, man. When he bleeds, it's, I don't think he blades at all. <laughs> he goes all out. He, his face is really scarred up from yeah. Cody. Yeah. Uh, it actually makes for a good story, <laughs> honestly, between them two. Because he, it's, you know, on Raw when he attacked Cody, he grabs the camera, look at my face. Like, that's cool. I like yeah. that. Uh, it, it still shouldn't have main evented Backlash. It still should have. Agree. Maybe that's the why show. they did it. They went and, But they changed mats now. They changed canvas mats. So they could have just changed the mat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now that you mention it, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, maybe because don't they do money. it after every match now? I don't know if they do that after like every I, I match, but they going... do have the capability of doing that. Like they yeah. used to do it when they did the uh, remember they used to do the cruiserweight matches and used to change right, the mat, right? So and we, they we would go to Raw, it. we would see them even like change the mat pretty damn yeah. quick, you know? Yeah, they definitely break, so. have the capability. I don't think they. I'm pretty sure they don't do it between every match. I, I've been to shows within the last couple of years since the pandemic. I think I was at a show last mm. year at WWE. Um, I feel like I, no, I was I was at Extreme Rules. How about that? Uh, yeah. When it was here, and even like I said, that wasn't. I don't remember them doing it between matches every match. But they do have the ability to change the mat quickly if they have to. Um, so I don't know. Either way, Bad Bunny should have main evented. Yeah. <laughs> um, but despite wearing a Yankee jersey in Massachusetts, uh, John Cena had some fans in the building. You yeah, they like the heels. <laughs> Yeah, people like the heels now. But Cena was out here using low blows, foreign objects. He was doing all the heel stuff. Uh, he tried to use a chain, but the referee disarmed him. Lesnar used that to his advantage and hit an F5 for the win. This was a fine match. It was nothing like outrageous, but it was good. And I think it did elevate John Cena, and which was important at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And they made sure to go out of their way on commentary to say... John Cena's going to have more nights like this. He's going to be uh-huh. back here in the future. Don't you worry. And boy, were they right. <laughs> so, because uh, even by 2004, John Cena was the man on SmackDown. Him and Eddie Guerrero were like one and two on SmackDown. And of course, since then, John Cena has taken off into the stratosphere of pro wrestling and now even, you know, just pop culture in general. But uh, on this night, he was the up and comer, the plucky up and comer, looking to get the rub from the champion. Good on you, kid. You had a good showing. Maybe in two years you'll be champ. And he was. 
Is, he was. Is John Cena the best WWE machine pushed wrestler ever? Ooh, like straight through like developmental mm. and like all that. I mean, not not even. I I I would compare him to Hulk Hogan, like with the Hulkamania and stuff. But okay, Cena, okay. So like just like promotional. Yeah, like he was there a long time compared to <laughs> Hogan. I mean, you know? like. So what do you quantify that as? Because like I he wasn't like can. the biggest star. Like Steve Austin and Hogan were like I think bigger right. stars. Right. But like he 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 was a product of the machine in some ways. So mm. it's proof that it can work, I guess. Um, and it's not like they were losing money. And it's not like he wasn't no. drawing. Um, no, no. Different. The company was like a different in danger. Era. Yeah, it was um, like in danger. And he was literally on top for a decade. Yeah, I no, don't I think mean, you can, you can't say that about Hogan or Austin or The Rock. So I, I do think it takes a special talent to be able to maintain that for a decade at the top, um, while really no difference in his character. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of—I don't want to say an anomaly, but oh, compared to the other. People like he, I think he has a legitimate claim to the best ever. And best it, ever, it, I it, think it, it's it, the most unique for uh, sure. It's definitely the most unique. It's definitely the ones that it, stands it's, out. It's like hard to quantify that because you know you have the territories back in you know the seventies and eighties, and well, uh, best ever WWE is subjective. History, then. Um, but yeah, WWE. I, I think you could argue John Cena is the best ever. And I, it, know, man. and I just think about it while watching this um, and his rise. And God, I hope they don't do the, don't do the same thing with Austin Theory because you can't really re- can't always replicate. Um, Cena, right place, right time, uh, right attitude. Didn't have anything else going on. He was WWE like for life until he realized, yeah, I can't do this forever. <laughs> um, maybe I'll take the rock route and do some things. Um, but he was in it like 100% for like a decade. And you can't say that about, I don't think, anyone else in history. Uh, uh, no, I mean, outside of like a Bruno San Martino or something like that, or, or yeah, Jerry Briscoe in NWA, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, who had the belts, you know, they had the belt for like five, six years at a time or something like that. Uh, but I would say, yeah, obviously longevity, yes. Cena's has no peer. I would say as far as uniqueness, I think you you can make that argument too, is because none of these other guys got cheered by half the fans and booed by half the fans. So like he's right. very polarizing for a uh, long John time Cena. too. For a long time, and like you said, there weren't many changes to his character over that time. And look, there weren't a whole lot of changes to Hogan from '84 to '92. So, right, right. so it's not like it's uncommon there. But I would say just the fact that he was, you know, it was part of WWE's storylines that Cena would get booed by half the fans. That's how much, that's how prevalent it was. And so they kind of had no choice, I guess. If they weren't going to turn him, they had to just make it right. like, hey, half these fans are going to have this reaction. And but that's my like, point. You're, you're, you're not like, going to hide it from the you know TV audience either. It, so. it wasn't a blip on the radar. Like in certain pockets of the country, he would get booed. No, it was everywhere. Yeah. And sustained for many years. So yeah. I'll give, you, I'll give you uniqueness. I'll give you longevity. But as far as the best, I mean... I just can't go that route because Hogan made a bigger impact when during his time. Steve Austin and The Rock, I think, made a bigger impact. I, I don't want to take anything away from Cena, though. Cena was dope, and he deserves his flowers. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for Cena because he dealt with a lot. He dealt with more 
nonsense from the fans than I think the other guys would did. And I think he handled it. He handled it well, where I don't know if other guys would have. I don't know if Hogan and his fragile ego would have handled getting booed by half the fans for a long period of time, especially when we talked about it at like WrestleMania 22 when he started getting booed. And it's like, well, Cena didn't really do anything to get booed. <laughs> like, when, like, he changed a whole lot. They were You're loving staying him. true to yourself, you bastard. <laughs> right. They were loving him in 04 and 05. And in 06, it's just like something changed. So I don't know if other people would have handled it as well as he did. So I'll give him credit for that, yeah. too. He took it on the chin. He took it like he stood up to it. At WrestleMania and extreme, was it uh, one night stand in 2006? Yeah, yeah. Like you got to have some, you got to have some guts to to do that and stand in the face of that. And you have some and self assurance, self and, and some security within yourself to know that, like, I think I'm good. But you, people, you know, they'll they'll get with me at some point and just keep going, just push through it. So I don't know if everybody else would have. Uh, I mean, look at Steve Austin. Steve Austin thought he was running low on steam in 2001 and said, "I got to, I got to turn yeah, heel." Yeah. You know, like he wasn't even getting booed. And it's like, oh, I got to change it. <laughs> like he just wasn't <laughs> sure. He didn't want it to die down. He didn't want it to get stagnant. Which, I mean, I applaud him for that to not wanting to be stagnant. But like, I think it takes a certain level of, of guts to say, like, we're going to stay the course. You know, I'm not, not going to change. I'm going to stay true to myself. So stay true to who my character is at least especially when right? your top competition was tna at the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't have to you know you're not necessarily in desperation mode right. at that point um but yeah good showing for cena uh and brock retained to the six-man tag between kevin nash booker t and Shawn michaels going up against triple h rick flair and a chris jericho as we mentioned earlier hmm. the music in the show is so weird because everybody it. gets dubbed over. The Booker T entrance was just infuriating for me. Um, but this match itself, I feel like this could have been just a dope raw man. <laughs> this does this have to be on backlash? I don't know. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> also, is this the first time that Kevin Nash and HBK were on the same team on pay per view since 1995? Uh feel like it was i think yeah. I, looked it up and I, I mean nash was only came back in 02 and then he got hurt right away and right that was when they were part of the nwo i i don't think sean was technically a wrestler he was no, a he manager had, he didn't come back until so, august um yes yeah, the actual match is two wrestlers uh 95 yeah unless they did it in 96 oh uh, you know well on tv yeah but uh they did team together in 96 before uh you know, Diesel turned on Sean, but mm. that was an MSG house show, I think. And I remember them put, putting the footage on Raw of like Diesel hitting Sean with a chair and everything to oh turn God. on him. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. You mentioned earlier Kevin Ash getting hurt. And I kind of think it sucks that he couldn't stay healthy at this point. Because at the very yeah. least, now granted, his view with Triple H, very boring. <laughs> but I think at the very least, he could have helped get some newer guys over. Like, he could have helped right. get Cena over. Right. You know, he could have helped get uh, Randy Orton over at some point or Batista or a, an Edge when they're trying to get him up to the main event spot. Like, I think he could have been around to help certain guys get over the get over the main event threshold. But he was hurt, so he wasn't around too much. He just mm. had that terrible feud with Triple H and that long. Didn't he have a Hell in a Cell match with Triple H? He did. This year, I believe. At Maybe bad we'll, blood, we'll, right? We'll dive deep into that. <laughs> Terrible, horrible. I, I, I really don't hope. I hope we don't. Honestly, um, 
Uh, at one point, Don't let everyone requests that on Patreon. <laughs> Don't do it, Chris. Well, we have to. Don't do it. Uh, everyone brawls at one point around the ring. Uh, everyone is down. The referee is down somewhere. And Triple H hits Kevin Nash in the head with a sledgehammer to pick up the win. <laughs> it's out of nowhere. The old trusty yeah. sledgehammer. Yeah. If you didn't watch this match, you missed nothing. This has felt inconsequential. And by the way, the Hell of a Cell match, I believe Kevin Nash had shorts, blonde hair. Do you remember him getting his haircut that's, during this feud? That's probably so he can film The Punisher. <laughs> He's he, in The Punisher with short hair. He cut it short, uh, spiked it, and dyed it completely yellow. Just correct me. Yeah, I, if you've ever watched The Punisher movie from like 04. But I did not realize that he did that. Kevin Nash is in the movie, and you can see him with that haircut. He's is it the same big. hair? Like same hair? Uh, Pretty much. It's okay. like short blonde, yeah, like buzz cut ty- almost <laughs> kind of thing. He's got like a tight red and white shirt. Look, You can look it up. Probably Google Couldn't it. Couldn't just wear a wig or something like Hulk Hogan he did? To, like, he had to go. <laughs> it looked ridiculous. No, and he looked ridiculous. That's why he didn't do it. Kevin Nash said, I'm an older gentleman. Let me just cut it. Who cares? I'll grow it back. <laughs> he did, too. I'm still Kevin Nash without the hair even. This is for a bigger bag than wrestling nice rocks. Oh, I'm trying to be in a Punisher movie, baby. Let's go. <laughs> John Travolta's in this movie. I think he's in that movie. Let me get look it up now. <laughs> I forget if they did like a wrestling angle to cut his hair or not. If they, I, I do think not they recall. do. But um, I got. I'm I'm really thinking, and this is, you know, in quotes. Of going to rewatch this era of Raw um, to see just how this feud between Triple H and Kevin Nash unfolded because I did it before. I did go back and rewatch it, but I don't think Why? I I rewatched like every week um, just because I was completely out on the product. Uh, I mean, especially Triple H at this time, um, <laughs> well, yeah. and you know Kevin Nash. He's feuding with Triple H. It's like this isn't a main event. Like get out of here with this. But I remember going back and uh, trying to watch some of this era and just being like, eh, I don't really think I watched all of it through. But I want to see like just what and, and why I guess they felt the need to go this route. Because <laughs> they felt the need to go that route because it, Triple H wanted to work with his friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's really it. That's yeah. why. He had and this Kevin stuff Ash in 2003. From, you know, he had Shawn Michaels in 2003. Uh into 2004, Into they had matches. Yeah, they had a match at the War Rumble in 2004, and he had the WrestleMania match and a Backlash match in 2004. So, yeah, he liked to work oh, with his homies man. sometimes. So, yeah, I just we move yeah, on from that. I, I'm a masochist. I want to see what the hell this, the why they did that. I guess you're going right ahead. I already yeah. told you why. I I, told yeah, you. you did, but I told you you're not gonna get nothing more from watching Raw. <laughs> oh. We were friends at one point in the clique. Now we fight and hate each other. Right. That's the story. <laughs> uh, Cole and Taz, Michael Cole and Taz, they're at the announce table again. And they're talking about Rey Mysterio. Oh, man. And him getting just obliterated earlier. <laughs> it was so serious that Taz had to take off his glasses to talk about it. He had to see his pupils about this one. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is just funny. Taz took off his glasses just to call Big Show unprofessional. <laughs> to say the least, Taz. Probably should arrest him. Unprofessional? 
unprofessional is when you like, like pull steel, f- steel note paper, like like oh you pull, like pull the bottom rope to try to cheat to win. That's unprofessional. <laughs> what he did was assault. <laughs> he almost killed that man. And then they said, well, and didn't he put his hands on the EMTs too to get him out? Isn't that like a felony? I'm sure. It should that's be a, a felony. A, I'm pretty sure that's a crime. Like, then they said that we don't have an update. We won't have an update until Thursday about right. Rey Mysterio. That's five days. This is supposed to be yeah, on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. That's like four days from now. And is they tape an on Tuesday. Ca- so. <laughs> right, but is he in intensive care? And it was like, oh, well, his vitals were good. I hope so. Yay. I hope they were. I didn't Again, think. I, I didn't know he was in danger of dying. I knew he was severely hurt, but like. WWE speak. He was taken to a local trauma center. Trauma center. <laughs> Not medical facility, a trauma center. Because that's different from a hospital. Correct. Trauma center. They only deal with trauma and those. You know, don't come in there with a cough. All right. And then we move on to a video package for our main event, which was great. But you know what's, I don't know if it's great. It's just wild. It's what's next. It's a promo from The Rock with Terry Reynolds. Rock, you, you, you know, you claim to have done it all. There's one thing you haven't done, however, and that is face Bill Goldberg tonight in just a few minutes. And there are a lot of people who think he's going to beat you in just a few minutes. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. First and foremost, okay, first Whoa. and foremost, oh, oh, lemon panties, giggle panties, The Rock what? has done it all. Giggle the panties. Has, the only thing The Rock hasn't done is make a white baby. Yeah. <laughs> you smell, hey, hey, and on top of that, well, The Rock says this. The Rock says this. You know, Goldberg, Goldberg, what is The Rock afraid of Goldberg? The Rock ain't afraid of nobody. Why? What's The Rock going to be afraid of Goldberg my about? What's, the, what's Goldberg going to do? Oh, my <laughs> Is that what Goldberg is going to do to The Rock? Don't laugh at The Rock jokes. Is that what Goldberg <laughs> going to do? No. No. Don't laugh. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. When Goldberg came in the WWE and he speared The Rock for no reason, no reason, did it hurt? Oh, you damn right it hurt. It hurt like hell. It still hurts. And The Rock guarantees is going to do all he can to avoid the spear again. Okay? But ask Goldberg this. Eight shots to the chrome dome last week. How did that feel? That hurt a whole hell of a lot more, right? Right? It, it, it was like King Kong hitting hitting Godzilla. Cacao! Cacao! You know that? That's the way it was like. Oh yeah. And the Rock says this. The Rock says this. For those few, few. There's probably a couple who think Goldberg is gonna beat the Rock. Is that what they think? Okay, you hear that? You hear that? There's a couple of people who boo The Rock when he said that. Oh, yeah, well, The Rock says this. Is that what you think? Well, The Rock says this. Hey, 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 hey. You can, you can wipe a cockatoo's ass with what you think. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, hey. It's the only animal The Rock could think of. Oh, okay. <laughs> Goldberg, The Rock ain't next. You're next. You whisker biscuit bald-headed bitch. <laughs> Then he just giggled and ran away like Waluigi. He, <laughs> he said, man, and ran away. You whisker biscuit bald headed bitch. 
<laughs> he said that was he couldn't so have much, said it better. So like, much force. The way he said it. I don't think I don't it could have been better. Hey, what it whisker biscuit, bald headed bitch. Bitch. <laughs> what? <laughs> he charged it up before he said it. What is wrong with him? You whisker biscuit, bald headed bitch. <laughs> First off, hold up. Before you even get to that, the only thing I haven't done is make a white baby. Like, what <laughs> yeah. is wrong with you, bro? Looking right at Terry. Looking right at Terry say, Reynolds. Hey, like, hey, hey. He said, let's go half on the baby. Dustin ain't here no more. Oh, my God. He's fired again. <laughs> what I in the hell? I think they were divorced by that point anyway. The Rock was going wild. He was. <laughs> Hollywood had gone to his head already. <laughs> Because he, he's just saying anything. Whisker biscuit. What is that? He called her giggle panties. <laughs> yeah. Then he just, like I said, he just giggled. Like, ha, <laughs> And then ran off. <laughs> I've never seen. He didn't say, like, if you smelled the rock is cooking. No, it's like he didn't know nothing. what to do or something. He's like, oh, okay. Well, what do I do yeah. now? <laughs> Evil laugh. Okay. <laughs> and then ran off. <laughs> Cacao. <laughs> Cacao. <laughs> Like the cacao is the cacao. shot. Like. <laughs> which is not to be confused with cacao, which is like the, the cry of the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL, <laughs> owned by Dwayne The Rock oh. Johnson. <laughs> oh. So, interesting. He's like doing, he's like speaking into existence back in 2003. He said a cacao, cacao. Pretty much. Cacao. <laughs> Wasn't that something he did when he's talking to coach? He's like, let me check my palm pilot. Cacao. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. just put up his hand. <laughs> Cacao. Oh, my God. The Rock. Hollywood Rock. What a goof Hollywood Rock was. And he's Don't not main event. at The Rock's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> he's not main event. The Rock versus Bill Goldberg. Goldberg has his theme dubbed over. Unfortunate. The Rock does not, though. So we get to hear his Hollywood theme, which was dope. Yeah. Banger. Another one on the, on the list of dope songs from Jim Johnson and WWE at that point. But yes, the match itself. The Rock is being all kinds of goofy. Okay? Because Goldberg shoves him down at one point. He's lying on the mat. And he goes, oh, you in trouble now? <laughs> like, what? That's like that's when I know that like he's kind of being a parody of himself at this point. Yeah. Like he's doing outrageous things, and I felt like as entertaining as this was in the moment, if he had stuck around instead of doing movies, maybe war on war on fans, and they may not have looked at it as fondly as they do in hindsight. They might have been like, "Oh, that got bad at some right. points." Right. But because he didn't stick around. We we're like, this was great because yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't last that long. Right. Before it wore out its welcome. I mean, once you, you had fans turning on him with the Rudy Pooh candy ass, and if you smell it, like they got tired of that. So they certainly right. would have got tired of this because wrestling fans are fickle. Brian Danielson never lied. Mm-mm. All right. Brian Julius Danielson never lied. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make that, that up. Real, real, Little name? Brian Ezekiel Danielson. 
Let me look up his actual middle name. His middle name <laughs> is Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> Way less exciting than Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd. Damn, I thought it was like something dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it's just Lloyd. Lloyd. <laughs> you should name it. He could make it Dragon. Imagine, you know, you know anyone that goes by their middle name is like, you know, their name. I know a few people. Yeah, imagine people Stafford just like going that. around calling Brian Danielson Lloyd. He probably would kick them in the head. Like, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> Not my name. Uh, at one point, Goldberg hits a rock bottom, which was <laughs> where did that come from? It's a pretty good rock bottom too. Hey, Goldberg could move in the ring. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> uh, he backed into a corner and waited for the rock to get up. He he didn't wrestle, you know, for anything before this, right? Besides just sitting home waiting for I his think, WCW contract to run out. Yeah, I don't think he wrestled anywhere else, and I'm not sure if he so could because again, he's under you know, contract. He kept himself in pretty good ring. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess shape. He's always but, in good shape. Yeah, he's but still like in ring, good shape. Ring shape, you know, like yeah, he was moving different. the way Goldberg moves. You know, it wasn't weird, but obviously putting him with the Rock is probably the best thing you could do for his first match. And and Goldberg is still athletic. I mean, he's still right. young enough to yeah move at around. This point, you yeah. know, yeah. So it shouldn't be that surprising. Uh, he's setting up for a spear at one point though, and the Rock moves out of the way. Uh, <laughs> Goldberg goes flying out of the ring. The Rock stayed in the ring and was very proud of him. Uh, then he also shoves Earl Hebner to the side. Good. Just so he could punch Goldberg straight in the nuts. Good. So, Screw Earl. Then, then he drags away like nothing happened. Like, oh, what happened over there? I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, the Rock sets up for a rock bottom, but Goldberg just got up and just speared him. <laughs> At one point. But the Rock returned the favor. He hit a spear, but it looked garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it looked like a terrible spine buster, but I was like, oh, he speared. I think... Somebody said something to like uh, Jerry Lawler's headset, and it was like, "Make sure you say the Rock speared Goldberg." Uh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't say it when it happened, but later on, it's like, "Oh, he speared Goldberg!" Yeah, oh yeah. my god. Mm. Okay, the uh, Rock didn't hit a rock bottom on Goldberg, but Goldberg kicked out. Uh, then Goldberg kicked out of the people's elbow, which is like, "Damn!" Oh wow, they putting they're putting Goldberg over strong here. They're burying the Rock. <laughs> I mean, he's leaving, and he's the Rock. He's a made man. So he's I'm buried. sure somebody thought that. Why can't WWE create new stars when they bury the rock like this? Oh, my God. Yeah, hey, I don't know. Uh, but when the two men got up from the people's elbow, Goldberg just immediately hit the rock with a spear. I mean, <laughs> speared the hell out of him. Rock sold it like he had been <laughs> shot. The, I posted a video of this. The funniest sell because he's like taking forever to get up. And then he's looking <laughs> the other way. He's like using his hands, you know, like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Turn around. Boom! Another spear. It was like the funniest damn thing that of the whole match. Like I literally laughed out loud. It's like, was dude, so the rock man. is just incredible. Bill, like Goldberg, with like great timing too. Like both of them, just fantastic sequence of that. Just made me laugh. It's like that's great. Okay. It right. reminded me <laughs> of the cell he did at WrestleMania, where he puts on Steve Austin's vest. And I guess yeah. he gets hit with a stunner or something like that. And he's yeah. like, still got the vest on. Yeah. He's stumbling to his feet. And he gets to his feet and he adjusts the vest. <laughs> make sure he looks good in the vest. And then looks up to see Steve Austin and he hits him with a stunner. Like, that's to me, is hilarious. 
<laughs> Woo! Ooh, all right, let me make sure I look good now. <laughs> That's not even his vest. <laughs> like, not even his. And here he is again going, Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. Everything's fine. Boom, another spear. <laughs> and that spear led into a jackhammer to win the match in his first match in WWE. Uh, before that, though, when <laughs> The Rock was doing the big sell for the spear, at one point he said, Holy S. Uh, I won't say the actual word, you know, it's a family show. Uh, I've already he was doing it. everything he could to get Goldberg over. Yeah. Doing everything he could. Yeah. Uh, he realized the camera was there, so he's like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, Goldberg wins. Uh, and while he's winning, though, there's a good chunk of fans that are booing this finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, which wasn't a great sign like, for Goldberg in 2003. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it was some. You could hear it. It shouldn't happen on his first night in. This is Goldberg. Right. He should not be getting booed night one. Yeah. But you can hear some. Even if it's only a smattering, you can hear it. And in hindsight, that was a harbinger of things to come. Oh. Because oh. it's just like the way it did in WCW. Again, for a variety of reasons. Like that. Again, 2016 started off good, tapered off near the end, but like that still hit harder than what anything Goldberg did in 03 into 04. Yeah. Which was like, he might as well not even been there. I'm like, you, like, they don't even use his theme song that they use today for him, isn't yeah. even the one they used from 2003. Right. <laughs> he had a different song. He had a WWE Eyes version of the song. I'm glad they went back to the original song because it's way better, but like. That's just my whole point, though. They don't even use that song. It's like it's not, not never even happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They dubbed over it on this night with this WCW theme. So there's that. And that's Backlash 2003. Goes off the air with Goldberg beating the hell out of The Rock. Uh, Nick, you just, do you have any final thoughts from Backlash in 2003? This version of Goldberg, you know, a, a year later, WrestleMania 20, Goldberg versus Lesnar, probably uh, if both of them weren't leaving, like could have been an all time WrestleMania type match. Austin in there as a ref, like just huge. And uh, yeah, just, you know, wound up uh, basically cursing the crowd out <laughs> before the match even started. And then uh, yeah. Lesnar, you know, giving the finger to the crowd, just, man, what could have been? I think about that. Like, yeah, his 2016 run was great, but like the first time they were together, like, oh man, what could have been in their absolute primes? Which it's crazy considering 2016 was as good as it possibly could have been, probably. Um, but what could have been in 20, 2004? I just think about sometimes. But you know, Goldberg's situation, a one-year contract in WWE at that time, uh, had no clue how to. I mean, he probably. Thought he deserved to be the guy also. You know, he was used to that in WCW. And it's like, well, a little different in WWE land. Uh, just a little bit. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, not much more I, I could add to it. Um, a start of a pretty bummer of a year for Goldberg, even though he held the title, tw- was it just once or twice? It was at least once. He might have yeah, got it least- twice. And he might have got it like twice. I know a, he beat Undertaker, two, Undertaker like, Triple H for it at yeah. Unforgiven. That's the first time he got it. Right. I don't know. I don't remember when he, he lost it. might have lost in December, actually. I don't. 
Who knows? I don't but know. But that, it do, again, just, basically um, inconsequential. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Really. Triple H's title, you know, just because you know Shawn Michaels won it in o, late 02. Nobody, you know, he lost it right after that. It's like, oh, okay, it's Triple H's title because he keeps winning it back, and he kept doing it in 04, and then he did it. Uh, did he do an 05 or 06? No, he didn't. So, at least a few years there, it was the Triple H show. So, that definitely hampered Goldberg in his first run as well. So Yeah. Yeah. But 100% agree. Still hilarious that Rey Mysterio got swung like a baseball bat. <laughs> best part of the night for me. 100%. 100%. And them not, and them saying his vitals are good. Like, I hope so. <laughs> Damn. Tune in the Thursday. We'll let you know if he died. Right. Let us know. How about this in four days? It's like, well, what about your, your website? It's 2003. Wouldn't you have an update on your it, website? Everybody's favorite wrestler, Rey Mysterio. Uh, but with that, let's wrap it up for episode 363. Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. All right. Follow me at underscore Picone on Twitter and on Face. Follow us on uh, Twitter at The Shooters Pod and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Shooters Pod. And check me out, phillyinfluencer.com, foxphlgambler.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can find me there or possibly out here in these streets. Uh, this show is a Patreon request. You can make a Patreon request. Head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash the shooters pod. You put in a request. We shall fulfill your request. And then, like Chris Johnson earlier in the show, you can make a cameo and talk about the show with your boys here on the Straight Shooters. Again, thanks to Chris Johnson for his patronage, and you can be just like him. Again, patreon.com slash the Shooters Pod. Again, it doesn't have to be a wrestling show. In particular, it could be anything wrestling related. We do movies. We do TV shows. We might, we're going to do a doc soon. We're going to do, we've done Beyond the Mat. We're going to do Wrestling with Shadows in the future. Now, we just came up with that on... Uh, but we've done again movies deep dives on Santa with muscles which was garbage we did uh, Ready to Rumble uh, with a no holds barred one of our early deep dives so again just doesn't have to be a wrestling show it could be anything but again hit us up patreon.com slash the shooters pod but until next time for Nick Pacone I am Vaughn Johnson thanks for listening to episode 363 of the straight shooters and we'll catch y'all again next week you whisker biscuit bald headed bitch (laughs) 